Cameron Smith has run from dummy half and scores a grand final try. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith on SEN. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, get all the stuff out of the way. If you haven't got time to watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing, make sure to subscribe to the Captain's Run on Spotify and Apple. Uh, also, download the SEN app or go to our website. Go to our website, www.sen.com.au. But Plenty I of have... platforms. Plenty of platforms. Plenty of platforms. Be... We're everywhere, mate. We're yep. everywhere. Yep. But, Smithy, mate, how have you been? I've been really good. Great weekend of footy again. Uh, some big score lines uh, across the weekend. No bigger than Melbourne Storm v. The Warriors. My old club versus your old club. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, probably the worst signing in their history. That's what they're telling me. That's what they're telling me. I was the worst signing. That's what the fans tell me anyway. <laughs> really? That's what the fans tell me. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, sure. I, don't, I do not agree with that at all. Um, but it was funny. I was looking at some of the results um, in the in that Anzac clash of, of Storm v. Warriors. Mm. And I come across 2009. We actually played against each other, Kemp. We did. We did. And um, both you and I, we didn't pack our kicking boots that night. Ended up in a draw, which it was actually a, like one of the classic sort of Anzac uh, clashes between Storm and Warriors. 14 all it ended up. Mm. Three tries each and the goal kickers. One each. One from three. Mate. An appalling night. It was It was a rainy night. Yeah, I'll it was. My, I'll give myself a bit of credit there. <laughs> give myself a bit of credit. It was rainy night and also yes. I am not one of the greatest rugby league players of all time. So... To oh. equal it, I'm happy. I'm happy to equal you. That means does that mean I'm basically as good as you as a goal kicker? Yeah, because when so. we played each other well, in that match. Yeah. <laughs> also, I was, just tell, that match. I was telling you just before the show, your mate Billy Slater. He got a bit angry at me that game. Yes, if you go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, what, he a bit was of push and shove, or bit of push and shove, a bit of push and shove. Didn't throw a punch. He didn't throw a punch. No. He's lucky, mate, because I will tell you what, you would have dusted. I tell you what, mate, I got some. I got some for him. No, <laughs> no chance. He pushed me in the back, and I kept walking. I was scared. <laughs> oh no! But um, yeah, great weekend. A couple of good clashes, actually. Um, Saint George, how good did they look? Wow, taking care of the Roosters, and on a. I was a, that was the one game I was a little bit mm, up in the air about because mm. the Roosters, they just, I don't know, they, they're they struggling to find any type of consistency this year. Um, and, and I've spoken about this. Like, it, it's it's hard to have the same expectation on them as what we did, you know, four and five years ago because mm. they're, they're not the same team. Yeah. You know, and, and that's sometimes you've got to sort of sit back and go, well, listen, the reality is that they aren't the Roosters of sort of the 18, 19 where you know, they went back to back. Yeah. Um, very different looking squad. They got some rookies. They got players now who are a little bit older coming mm. towards the end, end of their careers. Um, so a lot of, lots changed. Yeah. And it's so hard to stay at that level for that period of time, that length of time. Oh, absolutely. And you know what else I, it really does show is guys like Boyd Cordner, Mitch Orbison, Jake Friend, Oh, they, aren't, huge. they aren't your flashiest players. And a lot of fans, you know, we love our superstars and I love our superstars. Yes. But it just shows you that these guys did so much work that mm. the naked eye didn't see. You know, a yep. lot of foot, you know, footy players, we know what they do. Yep. But a lot of footy fans didn't actually realize that they were the gel of that team. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it just it, it shows the importance of having those players that, you know, make, you know, your 20 hit-ups a game, mm. make your 40 tackles a game like a – like Jakey Friend, like he, I think he was averaging over forty tackles crazy, a match. Crazy, you know. And on top of that, you look at um, Boyd Cordner and Jake Friend; they were co-captains, mm. 
And then you take um, Orbo, Mitch Orbson, out of that team. There's there's three players there with a lot of experience. Mm. And you replace them with rookies. Absolutely. So, you know, there's always going to be this sort of you know, transition period um, when teams suffer those those losses. And, and you know, I, I think unexpected losses too. Mm. Particularly with, you know, Jake Friend mm. and Boyd Cordner where, you know, they suffered some um, serious um, head injuries or concussions and they had to... They had to cut their career short mm. and quite abruptly. Um, so, yeah, they've had to make some changes quite quickly to that footy side. But, um, yeah, going back on the Dragons, it was a wonderful performance. And how good's Ben Hunt going at the moment? Mate, just, I tell you what. Just crazy. Hasn't he changed, you know, the narrative with him? It's like he couldn't get away from that one. I mean, I didn't even think it was his fault. That You know, I was a Broncos fan. Yes. No one talks about the missed tackles that got them back in the game. No one talks no. about the Broncos that, that missed, like, six tackles to let – Belt score, yep. But I'm just such a fan of Hunt because he just put his head down, he blocked out the noise, yep. And I don't think there's a single Dragons fan out there that doesn't appreciate what Ben Hunt does for them. Now. Yeah. Oh, of course, mate. Of course. And yeah, he's he's just he's been trying his heart out all year. Yeah. He's hard out all year, um, which is great to see. It's great to see mm. for you know Benny Hunt just leading the way there and, and through through tough periods as well. Like mm. there's been a lot said about the Dragons and their squad and the coach and whatnot, but he's just gone out every week and performed. It's, Absolutely. it's what he's been asked to do. It's what he gets paid to do. So um, it's great to see, you know, the the, the players around him now responding mm. and, and really thriving off the energy that he's playing with at the moment. What's really interesting about the Dragons and the Tigers is if you ever needed evidence that a lot of footy is just about attitude, oh. they have the same 17, essentially, yep. the same game plan, the same coach, Yep. It's only seven days different, sometimes less, five days different. Yep. It's all attitude. You can be. You could – that's it. Like, it's not a difficult game rugby league, mm. okay? Now, when you, when you have, you know, two good sides like a Storm and a Penrith match up against each other, right? Okay, some of that, some of that game will come down to tactics mm. and, and maybe having a trick play here and there that's going to catch the opposition off guard. But on the, on, on the most part, it's, it's all about attitude mm. and really what the players – how the what the player's mindset is for that eighty minutes and how they turn up. If yep. you don't have the right attitude, it's going to be very difficult to be in the game for starters mm. and and to win matches. Yeah, and we, and we've seen that um, already this year where you know you you probably have a team that you expect to well and truly win a match, mm. but but they lose. Mm. It's because they don't go in with the right attitude and, and thinking that they, they they just have to turn up to win a match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Storm, the Warriors. That last 50 points, oh. that was purely an attitude thing. And I know yeah. people think it's, it's actually, oh, they're just so good. It's no, actually, they're just ruthless. Yeah. They, they're just ruthless. And you, and you look at this first half, okay? Mm. Let's look at the first half to put, 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 put into context what happened in the second 40. Mm. The Melbourne Storm led at halftime 16-10. Mm. Have a look at their three tries. Yeah. They come directly from three Warriors' errors. Yep. An intercept. Um, and two knock-ons, mm. one in their own in goal, one up the other end where Pappenhausen scooped it up and put Jerome Hughes away for a try. So if if let's just say the Warriors don't make those errors, what's the scoreline at halftime? Oh, mate. Is it is it 10-0 to yeah. Warriors? Yep. You know, like so they were well and truly in the match. Yeah. They go to halftime six points down. Crazy. And then the second half, they just they they just don't they they do not take the field. At all, mm. it, it, mentally, yeah, 
they just weren't in the game. They just it's like they went out and just said, Oh, look, we're not we're not even gonna play in the second half. Yeah, it was I, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, the Melbourne Storm and they are renowned for this and have been for a long time. They it doesn't matter who they're playing, mm. it doesn't matter how the opposition are playing and what their mindset is. They just they take care of themselves and they are ruthless. Yeah. They will not give you an inch. What's uh, really interesting, Bo Champion, Rabbitohs former yes. centre. Yeah. So he obviously came down yeah. to the Storm. He was with us. And he said, what was so interesting about the Storm is we played, I think, the Titans. They went to the, up to the Gold Coast. This was obviously years ago. Mm. And I think he's won like 30 to 10 or whatever. Yep. Anyway, Bo Champion reckons he walks in the sheds going, yeah, good boys, <laughs> Gold Coast, let's yeah. go, let's go. I know what's coming here. And Bellier gave the boys <laughs> an absolute gobful. Yeah. Because he... Didn't matter about the score; mm. it mattered about the standards that you didn't meet. Is that you yeah? Know, give us an insight into I, that. I still, I still remember. I remember that quite clearly. And um, yeah, we, we played well below our best. We had it. We ended up getting a, a strong win in the end. Mm. Um, and the score line, uh, yeah, it it looked lovely. Yeah. Um, but but you know, as you said, there's high standards at that footy club. Mm. Um, and, and we didn't meet those that day. Mm. And we did what we had to do to win that match, Kempi. But, you know, I, I think there, there, was, there was a lot of, lot of times or a lot of um, examples of that where, you know, we'd, we'd play maybe, you know, 60 minutes of, of good footy mm. and, and not so good the rest. Um, you know, sometimes less. Sometimes we'd play really poorly in the first half. We'd come in, cop a spray from belly eight, go out and win a match, and yeah. then... Yeah, at the end of it, like be still be disappointed with the way we played. Yeah, but we had a victory. Mm. But you know that that's that's just being held accountable. Yeah, and it's why teams like Melbourne and Penrith, um, it's why they're so hard to beat. Mm. Is because everyone is held accountable for their own performance and yeah. and the role that they play throughout that eighty minutes. It's not just oh we got to win, how good, start patting everyone on the back. Yeah, it's no well, hey boys, well done with a victory. But you know what. We weren't great. Mm. We got a lot to work on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's so it's it's almost like it's not actually about the win. Then it's because you guys know that if you don't get your standards right in the easy wins, when it gets tough in the business end, mm. you're going to make the same errors. Well, that's right, and and that that's that's a message of of Craig Bellamy's is that the the traits you show across a season right mm. and and the the consistent traits you show across a season they will come out in the very last game of your year mm. whether that be first semi final whether that be mm. a prelim or a grand final the the traits that you show mm. across across the season they will come out in the last game of your season yeah wow whether that be positive or or negative traits yeah. they always come out it's hard, it's Which is really funny when you sit back and you think, "Ah, oh, come on, mate!" Like, but every every if if I sit back and break down the last game of every um, season that I was involved in with Melbourne, mm. you sort of you sit back and you actually have a little chuckle to yourself and go, "Mate, he is exactly right." Yeah. Whether whether it be a good result, can yeah. be or a, or a disappointing result, mm. you know, win or loss, mm. um, you sit back and go, "Yep, that 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 eighty minute game 
that we our last game of that season pretty much summed up how we played across that entire year. Mm, yeah, it's it's so. I mean, look, he's the master for a reason. He's the master for a reason. Now <laughs> we've got a thousand texts. Make sure to text in oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or call in thirteen hundred oh one eleven seventy. Ask Smithy all your footy questions. But Smithy, we've got a question here. Oh, uh, yes. Hey, Kempy and Smithy, we uh, will we see. Corey Oates, get his origin jersey back. He's oh. in hot form and appears to be on the upwards trajectory. Yeah, it's um, oh, look, it's been a huge turnaround for um, Oatesy. He, he's playing really well at the moment. And I, and I know I know he's certainly on the radar mm. of, um, of uh, Queensland's coach, yeah. Bill Slater. Mm. Um, he, he's in great form. He's, he, scored, he scored more tries, I think, this year than he has in the past. Two seasons, mate, crazy, something crazy. like that. Yeah, I think, or, or he's equalled at the moment. Mm. I think, and he's also seven. one of the Broncos' top try scorers in their history. Yeah, which that's is right. something you don't really, I guess, think about when you think of like Renoff and mm. all the greats and that. So he, so he looks like he's, um, he's, he's found a, you know, some of Rich Vane of form that he had in previous years, and and I think the main part of that is I think he's 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 fairly injury free at the moment. Mm. I think he struggled with some knee injuries, some hamstring injuries in in the past couple. Uh, but yeah, look, he, he's playing really well, and there's no doubt that he he is well and truly on the radar of of uh, of the coach. Now uh, across to another winger, uh, Smithy and Kempe. Should players that come in as an injury replacement keep their spot when injured player returns if their form is good? Taylor May is producing good form, but what happens when Brian Tottle? Well, you played a lot of your career on the wing, mate. What are your thoughts? Look, I think it's a battle between Tottle and uh, May and Staines. That's ah, what I think. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I'm of the mind, and obviously, um, you know, I was never a veteran player per se, but I'm of the mind. It's all about uh, you always got to show respect to the person that has earned that jersey yeah, and been and done it. Yep. So for a, a young rookie to come and take that jersey away mm. from him, they have to – it has to be weeks and weeks of – Form that is so good, it's irresistible. It can't just yeah. be one or two good games. Oh, let's chuck this rookie in. Because yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a long year of footy, of course. And coaches need to be able to trust their wingers mm. uh, and know that they're going to go out there and do a job. So right now, I would say it's not actually about Toto whether he gets his spot back. It's more about Tail and May and Staines battling for that other wing spot. Can um, Can May play on the right hand side? I'm sure he could. He's so talented. I'm sure he could. Because there's a lot of players now. Um, particularly younger players coming into the game. And mm. yeah, I've seen it you know, over the last couple of years in my career where they come in and they say, mate, you know, play on the wing yet. No worries. I'm, but I'm a left winger. No, surely not. Or I'm a right center or I'm a right back rower. Really? Like, what do you mean, mate? Like you don't play on the other side? No, I've never played there. Don't like it. And they just feel uncomfortable. Yeah, wow. Particularly in defense, I think. Okay. Um, because, you know, you play right side, left side. That's how league is... is the majority of the game is played now. Like back in the day when we were kids, mm. um, I know you didn't watch a lot of footy, but I remember when I used to watch a lot of footy, and even in my junior footy days, I played a lot of five eight. Yeah, oh, the great speed right? of the, the five six. eight. Yeah, <laughs> all my junior footy, I played in the six. I didn't play nine until I played first grade. But anyway, um, it's crazy. Um, what used to happen, mate, was say say the team, um, you know, the halfback or the or the hooker were directing the footy side um, up the field, and let's just say they. <laughs> They took three tackles and got over to the left-hand side of the field. The entire back line mm. would would shift over to the right side. Oh, yeah. So you'd have a full back line. The two yeah. centers would play together. Yeah, yeah inside, outside. So, you know, I remember, play, I, yeah, I, I remember playing in junior footy just, you know, oh, boys, hey, directing the team around, let's get to the left side. And then the whole back line would sweep over to the right. Yeah. Whereas now it's, no, you have your, you have your, you have your sides of the field that you play on. Mm. Um, 
just so you're a little less predictable of where the ball's going to go. Yeah. There's threats either side. Um, so, yeah, that's why I pose that question. I just, I, you mm. know, you'd it's like to think, you know, with his skill set, he, yeah. he looks, he's a, he's a very skillful young man. Well, I'll tell you what, Smitty. I played whatever they told me to, so if I can play either side, I'm sure <laughs> Taylor make it. Mate, you know what? That 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 would be mine mindset as yeah. a young fella. Just, whatever, mate. Do you where do you play? Where, wherever you need me to. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm playing first grade, I'll play wherever you want me to. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's what I was like. I was just happy to be there. Happy <laughs> to be there, mate. <laughs> now we're going to head to a break, but after the break, we've got a caller, Omid from Eastwood. So we'll get to that caller. Uh, I think he's got a manly question, but make Ooh. sure to call him 1170. Text 0457736736 and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the captain's run with the great Cameron Smith. Now we've got a call. We've got a call from Omid uh, from Eastwood. Omid, you there, mate? Hey, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? I'm not bad, mate. Not bad. Look, boys, I just had a question in regarding um, reading an article this week um, regarding Josh Schuster. So I saw in the uh, article that Manly had promised him the number six jersey, um, whether that be this upcoming season or in a future season coming up. Mm. However, obviously the form of Foran, um, obviously with his partnership with DC, is going that well that obviously Schuster's, I'm not sure, complaining or a bit upset that his promise hasn't been um, brought upon. So what's your thoughts in regards to the six jersey and what Schuster might do in regards to him wanting to be the six? Mate, this is a really interesting one. So just to give uh, the listeners a bit of context, it seems like it's out of the blue. It seems like, oh, Schuster, what's going on there calling for the six? But I think people have to remember the context in which Kieran Foran was signed. He was signed from the Dogs when he was injured and he was struggling to get games together. And not many people knew whether he would uh, be able to get through a whole year of footy. And so at that time, Schuster hadn't re-signed yet. So what I think has happened is Manly were unsure how long Foran would be able to go around. They said to him, mate, if you re-sign... We promise you that you'll get the six jersey. Then foreign has gone out, played some really good footy, and it actually looks like he may go around for maybe another two or three years because mm. he's only 31 years old. And so I think the, the issue with Schuster at the moment is, is well, hang on a sec. Like, I signed under the uh, circumstances that I would be given the six jersey. If foreign is around for another three or four years, mm. do I sit on the edge and just play back row, edge back row? I need some clarity because foreign is actually off contract at the moment. So Schuster needs to know what is the direction going forward for me. Uh, my thoughts on it, I can understand Schuster's frustration, but you're at a, a top-tier club. You're only 20 years old. Just bide your time. You will get that six jersey. What do you reckon, Smithy? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I, I know he's got aspirations of, of wearing the six jersey, but I thought he was fantastic in that team playing in the back row. Mm. I really do. Mm. And we only just spoke about it in the open. Yeah, we, we just spoke about in the opening segment about um, you know when you have an opportunity to play first grade, just take take whatever opportunity you can get. Yeah. And currently, as it stands, you know Josh Schuster is he's been injured, hasn't played a game all year, and and the Foz, Kieran Ford, he he's playing outstanding. Mm-hmm. He and Daly Cherry Evans are, are playing really well at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Probably the best I've seen Foran play since he left the club. Yeah. So you know. Whatever the situation is with Foran at the moment, with his his contract and, and moving forward, um, yeah, that, that's for the club to, to sort out between you know Kieran and, and Josh mm. and, and obviously the, the the team management about what direction the, the team's going to go in in the future. But right now, you'd leave him at six. Hopefully, Josh is is he going to be is he playing? 
I think is he going to play first grade this week or Reggie's? I think he's on the uh, extended bench. Yes. But I think when he he's does close. come back, it would be straight back into first grade. I think yeah. it would be. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, but but yeah. you play him in the back row, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, mate, absolutely. And he's yeah. uh, he offers so much there. Yeah. He actually offers I mean. so much there. Uh, what do you think, Ahmed? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think his combination, especially um, from Lachlan Croker, he can play first receiver, sort of all that yo play. Um, he's mm-hmm. more second to none, you know, especially for a back row of his size plus his speed. So, you know, having the decoy of, um, I forget his name, Hamlin Atikawatu. Sorry if I mispronounced his name. Atikawatu, you know I mean? yeah. Atikawatu, yeah. Yeah, that's sorry, my bad. And at the back to DCE for him, then you've got um, Jason Starr running on the wing. I think I think that's what they've been missing because last season, I think Schuster's influence was huge on the team. And uh, mm. especially his ball playing and his ability to step up and, you know, take that first receiver role if Foran or DC have been tackled. So I think they're really missing that. But, um, yeah, I definitely agree that he needs to, you know, just be patient. Like, Foran's playing out of his skin and, you know, touch wood, he remains injury-free because he's playing some of his best footy. So, yeah, I think I think he's just playing the back row where he, he sort of belongs in the meantime and just um, go into his role at six. Mate, totally agree, Ahmed. Thanks for the call, buddy. Great I appreciate call, it. Mate. Shout out to the warehouse. Click on Instagram. Big fan. Warehouse, click on Instagram. All right. <laughs> nice, brother. You, nice. Thanks, bro. <laughs> oh, the great Omen. Don't waste it, hey mate. Don't waste a chance for a shout oh, out. Mate. I like his hustle. Yeah. I like his hustle. The great hustle. Uh, now we have uh, Enoth from the Gold Coast. Enoth from the Gold Coast. You there, mate? Hey, hey, mate. How are you? How are you guys going? Going good, mate. What do you got for us? Going good. Yes, yeah, so I saw this video the other day on TikTok. Actually, it was an idea for the All Stars matches. Right. Pretty much. Instead of having two separate matches, why not just combine the boys' and girls' games? So boys play a quarter, girls play a quarter, boys play a quarter, girls play a quarter, and the score's just cumulative. What do you guys reckon yeah. on that? Well, yeah, that's it's very different. I don't think anyone's really thought about that one before, but... I don't know. I, I I don't mind. I don't mind the the Couldn't women. You just take the two matches and accumulate the, the calls like that. Yeah, you probably could. Like yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I like the way it is. Yeah, I think it's fantastic I, the I way like, it is. I like watching the full match play between uh, the women and followed by the men. And I was mm. down there at the start of this year actually, Kempi. Um, and it was just a it was it was huge played at um, played it at Bankwest uh, Stadium. Um, so you know that was um, it, it was great. Mm. It was a full crowd. Um, first sort of legitimate game of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, 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 yeah. Don't mind your idea. It's a, hey, it's a very different concept. I like thinking out the box. Yeah. That's what I do. I think outside the box. Yeah. Very yeah, different I, concept. I was shocked but when I, I saw it. I was, Mate, I was uh, so shocked when I saw it. But it, was, it makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd probably. I'd probably. I'm, my thoughts are: Let's just stick with what we got. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Two, f- two full matches. Two full matches. Get the girls going out there, killing it, and then the boys come up after. Now, thanks, mate. Uh, Good on you, Enith. Um, thanks, just on man. that. Just thanks, mate. Hey, just uh, Kempy. While we're talking about rep footy, um, just got a media release here on the desk from the NRL Hot. And, and the commission. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. Um, <clears throat> international footy. It's back. Mate. How good? How they, good? They've just um, the NRL have just announced across. Um, it, well, it's it's the weekend of the second State of Origin match mm. where New South Wales and Queensland will be playing over in Perth, mm. as it stands. Um, but they brought back rep round. It's um it's back. The it'll, it'll be kicked off on the Friday, June the twenty fourth, um, with the women's State of Origin. Um, that'll be played at Canberra, 
And then New Zealand will take on Tonga oh, in Auckland. How good. International footy back in New Zealand. Uh, great how to good. see some uh, some uh, top flight rugby league being played back in New Zealand. I wonder what that means for the Warriors mm, Yeah, if they return home. Well, I think that they've got a date penciled in for their return mm. game as well. So Is it is it just a, is it a one-off or they're they returning I think and then they playing ret- out the season? I think they return home. I okay. think they return home. Okay, that'll be – that's great for – well – the players and their families, but also the the uh, fans of the Warriors. Um, so that that is, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that'll be an early kickoff, mm. considering it's being played in New Zealand. Yes, that that's then followed up. Get this, a double header um, of the Pacific Nations. It's Samoa, Cook Islands first up, and then PNG and Fiji will play, and that's at uh, Campbelltown. That's later in the night, Saturday. And then it's all uh, finished off with uh, the men's state of origin playing um, playing over in Perth on Sunday, June the 26th. So how good's that, mate? Mate, they spoil us, don't they? Outstanding. I cannot wait to watch that. I mean, Tonga versus New Zealand. Oh. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, how well, good's that? Well, is the last the last game that Tonga played was that their victory over Australia? Was that the last time they played, or I think the, it was. they played a Test match after that? I tell you, what a, what a sure famous that, victory, though. I was ago. so torn when they won that because I was so happy for them. But <laughs> yeah. I was devastated yeah. as an Australian. Yeah. So I was oh, like, mate, oh, man, I don't know how to feel. I don't, mm. I'm, I'm in a glass cage of emotion. That's what I was just feeling <laughs> like. Bit of Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, now, we are, we're going to head to a break. And then after the break, we're going to take some more calls and get your text questions. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, Storm have issued a stay away Ooh. from our man, Cam Munster, to wow. Redcliffe. Stay away from our man, Storm said to Redcliffe. Mm. Uh, so make sure to call in and text in 1300 or text 0457 736 736 and you'll see on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We have a caller on the line. We've got uh, Kurt Longford from Wagga Wagga. Kurtie, you there, mate? Yeah, g'day, boys. G'day, Cam. How you been, brother boy? How, it's been a long time since ma- I caught up with you. I know, mate. How you going? No, really good, thanks, brother. How you going? Mm. I'm, mate. I'm, I'm flying. I'm, I'm beside me, good mate, Kempy. We're just in the middle of our show, mate. Great to have you on. What have you been up to? Talk to oh, me. Oh no, not much. No, not much, brother boy. I've no, just been working hard as usual. I've changed jobs. I'm now working in Wagga, and I recently went down and watched the watched the boys play well against Canberra and. Many yes. catch up with Craig after the game and had tea with him at a pub in Wagga and also was he, mum caught up with him as well and um Yeah. And how hey, how was Belliac after that victory? Was he happy? Was he re- relaxed or was oh, he still a little bit uptight? Oh mate, he was relaxed, mate. He was also very extra special happy to you know, given the fact he had the rare chance to catch up with me and have a couple of beers and have a mm-hmm. tea with me and mum and you know, he was very happy and very special actually, believe it or not, Dan. Now, Curdy, give it, mate. Give us your give us your rundown of the Storms' season so far. For all of our listeners out there, Kurt's a he's a big Storm fan. He used mm-hmm. to come down. Well, he still does. But when I was playing, he used to come down and visit a lot of uh, our home games. What what, what do you, tell us your thoughts on the Storm so far this year, mate? Oh, honestly, you know, apart from dropping that unlucky game against Parramatta, I think the boys are playing some really really good footy. I think they mm-hmm. could potentially take out this year's. Comedy they keep their form up and just keep doing yep. the little simple things right, you know. Like, and what really impresses me the most, you know, one, Cam Munster, yes. how good has he been going since he's been on that band, you know? He's really proved a lot of people <laughs> yes. and how the club stood by him, you know, through thick and thin. Yep. I'm really starting to see that all the hard work's now being paid off, you know? Yep. And what about, t- talk to me about Pappy, Ryan Pappenhausen. 
Oh, mate, he's flying. He's he's actually hard to ignore for a New South Wales maiden state of origin, Zumpy, you know, and surely pretty, mm. my other mate, can't leave him out. Yeah, oh, mate, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. He's he's Well, he's currently leading the Dally M. He's got the most points. He's, yeah. he's clear of the next fullback by maybe five or six points, something like that. So yeah. going to yep. be very interesting. Yep. Mate, uh, Kurt, thank you so much for calling, mate. Good on you, Curdy. Thank you very much, Tim, for having me Good on, on you, mate. I'll catch us a little bit later on. Right Thanks, on, mate. mate. Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Uh, now, we've got uh, we've got another caller here, Jared from Castle Hill. Mm. You there, Jared? Hey, boys. Smitty the Goat. How you going? How you going? <laughs> How you going, Jared? <laughs> Not bad. I just wanted to give a quick thanks to Denon for providing me with so many laughs and entertainment on a weekly basis with Logan a Bar. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, my question's about Regan Campbell-Gillard. His form this year has been hard to ignore, and that eight New South Wales jersey is looking pretty good on him. Do you think he's done enough to take over most likely Daniel Saifidi in the starting squad, as his form has been down this year? Mate, oh, it's a really tough one. It's a really, really tough one. If you had said that to me, asked that to me, you know, round three, round four, I would have said, no, no, I think Freddie will stay loyal. Uh, but unfortunately, the New Knights are just not going that well. And p- picking a front rower that is a bit out of form and also actually hasn't played that much origin, so it's not like you can go back and look at his body of work and go, you know, he's going to get the job done. Mm. Mate, I, I think unless Saifidi says, no, 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 that's my jersey, and he really comes out and fires his next few games before origin, I think he might have a bit of a, uh, a challenge on his hand. And I think Regan is the man leading at the moment because he's probably... You know, outside of Adam Fenor, Blake and Payne Haas, he's probably the form front row in the comp. Mm. No, I agree with that statement. Uh, he, he's playing really well. Um, yeah, it's always a difficult one, Jared. You know, coming off, you know, the Blues, you got to remember, they were so dominant through last year's series. So that's that's yeah. that's where the coaches and the selectors have got to they got to weigh up, you know, the option that they have at hand this year. Do they do they pick? Do they just go with a team that's in form, or do they pick on on last year's result and think, well, these players yeah. they got the job done for us last year. We relied on them last year in last year's series, and they performed extremely well. And you know, are they rewarded for that? Or this year, do you, does Freddie just go, nah, he's not playing well. This guy's playing better, and it's just a straight swap. Mm. It's a tough yeah, one. Uh, great off. question, though. Yeah. No, thank you guys very much. No, all no good. Worries, Thanks mate. for calling, mate. Really appreciate it. Have a good one, boys. Cheers, mate. Mate, we've got a thousand calls. We've got Jackson from the Northern Beaches. Jacko. You there, Jacko? Gentlemen, how are we? Very yeah, good. good. Thank you. How are you, mate? Mate, doing very well, very well. I've got a question for you. My question mm. is, um, with all the rebuild of the clubs and, you know, the Penrith five-year, five-year plan with Gus, you know, what mm. what is the way to build a good club? Do we kind of buy everyone off and get Nike to sign some sponsorship deals or we kind of build from the inside get the juniors going oh look I, I, mate, mate I, I believe that the the best way is to have a really strong um, junior system and try and bring players through um, one for one reason you know when they do reach first grade they're they're quite um, familiar with each other and I think that's what we're seeing at Penrith right now mm. Over the last, you know, three seasons, where they've they've had this influx of of rookies come through um, into their NRL side, um, you know, guys like uh, Cleary and Luai, Brian Tottle, um, Isaiah Yo, 
like all of these guys have played a lot of football together um, at, at junior level. So as soon as they get into first grade, yes, it is a step up um, in intensity and physicality and, and um, you know, the standard of, of footy every week. But they, they have that familiarity with each other and each other's games. So or it's, it's almost like you, you, you're putting in a ready-made combination of players um, into your first grade team where there doesn't need to be a whole lot of, of coaching, particularly with ups, upskilling them and getting them ready to go to play together. So, you know, anytime you can have, have those, you know, pre-made combinations come into your footy side, I, I think you, the, the, the results and, and you can see firsthand, particularly with Penrith, um, you know, the the, the, pro, the byproduct of having those that ju- that very strong junior system like there's you know there's, there's always merit to going out and buying quality players as well but at what cost to the rest of the squad yeah you know if you if you go out and, and launch an assault on um, you know three key position players well a huge chunk of your salary cap is going towards those three players but who like who else have you got around them mm. when you got not much else to spend, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that yeah. that that really is is the trade off. Um, so you can, I think, in the past, you know, you could probably you could probably see clubs they go out and poach, you know, two maybe three elite players in the hope of trying to just pretty much what they're trying to do is buy a premiership mm. and and a really small window to maybe win one or or jag a second mm. in a window of maybe three or four years when, when they approach it that way. Whereas I think Penrith, they're looking certainly long-term. And, and I think also if you, if you look at, you know, Melbourne and the way that they've, they've done it also for a long, long time is if you look at, if you look at the last 15 years in particular of the Melbourne storm, there's been very few established first graders. And I'm talking, when I say established, I'm talking players who have played a hundred plus games already representative players mm. that Melbourne have signed. Yeah. It's it's all been mm. through a junior development system. Of course, only only a handful of um local guys have mm. come through um from Victoria and, and Melbourne bred. Um which, you know, I I know the club are, are working extremely hard at to try and um you know get many more through that Victorian system. But they've all been guys that the the club has um identified and signed from anywhere from you know sort of 16 17 18 with no first grade experience at all so i think you know mm. i guess long, long, long short version is i believe that developing a, a junior system or or a squad of really strong juniors and get them through your your system all the way from the bottom and and when they reach first grade i think i think that's that's the proven mm. way to go about it mm. Mate, I was going to say that's a lot of wisdom there. Do you reckon the Dolphins will pull a few guys up then? A few uh, guys we don't know about then. Oh, look, oh, they're no doubt, no doubt. They're well, they've got a really strong um, junior system out there at the moment. I've, I've seen that firsthand. I've played against uh, the Redcliffe Dolphins as a junior in the Brisbane competition. Mm. Yeah, when I was a young fellow playing for Logan Brothers, they were very strong then, and and are now. They've they've got all of you know, that, that region of Redcliffe, Sunshine Coast, even like the Fraser Coast area mm. to pick from. And it's um, there's a lot of kids playing rugby league through that 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 region um, and, and quality kids too. Um, so, you know, I think there's no doubt 
you know, Redcliffe, over time, over the next sort of five years, they'll, they'll be bringing some strong juniors through. Yeah. But to get them up and going, they're going to need to sign some established first graders mm. um, in this, at least in this, you know, first or second season. Yeah, I will say one thing that I, I feel like the, the Dolphins probably don't agree with the call. Now, they've got access to more information than I do, but they've chosen not to call themselves the Redcliffe Dolphins. They're just the Dolphins. Dolphins. Mm. So they want to be essentially, they want to be, they want to get fans that may have supported someone else that, Mm. you know, are looking to support a new club. Whereas I believe that calling yourself your Redcliffe Dolphins, it gives you a connection Mm. to something. To the area. To the area. Mm. And how much do we see with the Penrith boys? They're all got from the area. Like that's a big part of why the Panthers are going so well Mm. is because they've got a core group of players that are representing the area. It means more to them than just a game of footy. Yeah. When they put that jersey on, they're saying to the rest of the the country or the states, Mm -hmm. this is where we're from and you're not going to come to Penrith where we're from Mm. and and, and beat us. And so I do think, although the Dolphins, you know, they've got the, the master coach in Wayne Bennett. I was, I was a bit surprised that they didn't go the Redcliffe Dolphins to connect them to the local area. Oh, absolutely. I think everyone was really surprised with how they've dropped the Redcliffe mm. uh, title. Yeah. They're just straight out Dolphins. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know what the reason is. I think it's been explained, but I, I can't remember. But well, yeah, I, it was well, a little bit strange, wasn't my it? My understanding was, is they looked at the numbers and saw way more people willing to support a team nationwide right. than the numbers they probably could get locally. That's uh, my understanding okay. of the situation. And, and, oh, okay, so having someone, having a team in, in an anaerobic competition as Redcliffe, you're thinking you're not going to attract the supporters that have been long, long-time long supporters of Broncos, yep. or even, even in the... Queensland or the Brisbane competition when say someone's a Norse Devils yeah, supporter you're like well, I'm not going to I'm not supporting Redcliffe mm. I've never supported them yeah. so they've dropped that and just gone Dolphins yep yeah there yep. you go mate uh, Jacko thank you so much for calling mate appreciate it hey thank you very much go Queensland good on you mate go Queensland absolutely go Queensland mate absolutely now uh, again we're going to talk about Storm they've issued a <laughs> hands off our man Mad Dog Munster get your hands off him Redcliffe uh, well no sorry not Redcliffe the Dolphins. Dolphins. The Dolphins. <laughs> uh, make sure to text in 0457 736 736 or call in 1300 01 1170 and I'll see you on the other side. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Oh, yeah. One of my favourite segments. Oh. They dropped some schnitties off last week and yeah, it was good. absolutely glorious. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven, Smithy. Are they coming back today? I hope so. Schnitz. I hope so. Uh, they've set a standard now. <laughs> they've set a standard. Oh. Mate, uh, this is best hands segment. So basically, the mm. best hands brought to you by Schnitty. What do we got here? Oh, uh, again, Kempi, 321 uh, votes. And this man, he finds his way into the votes every week. Oh. One point, Jeremiah and I. Now he must he took, teach a lot of schnitties. Oh, he must. Because <laughs> he's got great hands. Brought to you by schnitz. Uh, mate, leapt above four Titans players to score a four-pointer. He's just returned to the field to play after he, he copped that sin binning. Yep. So I get, well, he's fresh. He's just yeah. He's been sitting down for 10 minutes. Of course, he's got plenty of energy to get up and score that try. But um, again, he's just he's scoring them at will, particularly off kick. So well done, uh, Jeremiah and I. Xavier Coates, my man Xavier Coates How good Melbourne. Going? Scored four, if you don't mind. Um, that's more than I scored pretty much <laughs> every season of my career. Um, but he, uh, he chased, a, chased a, this, another man playing really well at the moment. Um, the man who put the kick in, um, Jerome Hughes, 
He's just seen Vision, seen the winger up, the, the left side winger up. He's put a kick in from 40 metres out. Um, and he's gone down there and showed some wheels just quietly. Just quietly. To get down there. Yep. And, and he actually beat the winger and the fullback yep. um, to get to that ball and, and, and score a try. Um, fourth of, of the game, the, the last of his four four-pointers. So two points to Xavier Coates, but um, three points this week goes to Selwyn Cobbo. Wow. With his juggling act. Yes. Um, off an Adam Reynolds kick. Somehow, I don't know how. I just uh, Every week I'm just surprised by these, um, the these outside backs. Yeah. Um, somehow he, he got the ball to the ground um, to score his second try against the Dogs, who were pretty brave. They started well. Yeah, absolutely. The Broncos just yeah too good in the end. Um, but they're the votes. Mate. One, Jeremiah Nenai, one point. Xavier Coates, two. And Selwyn Cobbo, three. What's interesting is they're all so young. Oh, you know what I mean? Like babies. Nanai. He, what I like well, about... Nanai, 19. Xavier Coates, 21. Um, Selwyn Cobbo, 19. 19. Yeah. Crazy. Incredible. Uh, and like guy like Nanai... What's really interesting about him is when you look at his stats, like he may not have had the best game, you know, the most meters or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes there's players that come along and they just find a way to the try line. The ball oh. bounces to them. They're yes. in the right spot. And Nana seems to be that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, he seems to be Because he works hard, mate. Yeah. He works hard. He, he competes. Mm. And he puts himself in positions around the footy. And you find players that do that, right, a lot, yeah. more often than not, the ball finds them. Mm. It's just they put himself in a position for yeah. good things to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I honestly, I always spoke about this, uh, you know, from the get the day I started the podcast. Mm. I believe one of Billy Slater's biggest strengths and mm-hmm. his biggest weapons was his ability to repeat high speed efforts. Yep. No one else really had that kind of ability where he would be able to explode just over and over and over and put himself in the right position. Yep. And and that was through that was through just sheer want to do it, mm. um, but also extremely fit camping. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people forget and, and sometimes players forget. The fitter you are, mm-hmm. right, the fitter you are, the better player you will be. Yes. Like you can't just, you know, just bludge through training and mm. particularly pre-season mm. um, and think you're going to have an outstanding year. Like you need to train hard, get yourself in a very good position physically and mentally. Mm to be the best player you can be. And Billy Slater was certainly that every year he played. Absolutely. That was best hands. Thanks to Schnitz. Bite into golden, delicious, handcrafted Schnitz. After the break, we'll wrap up the first hour. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. That's an hour done and dusted. What an hour it was. Now, we've got a text here. Is Reed Marnie a top three hooker in the game now? Oh, I think absolutely is. Don't Do you think that? It's tough because you've got, you got Grant. You've got uh, Cook. You've well, got Appy. Yeah, well, you've got... There's there's a lot of great dummy halves in the game right now. Mm. Um, uh, Blake Braley as well. Yeah, he's going really well. Um, Jaden Braley yet to come back. Yes, oh, the, there's a stack of them. Yeah, um, and we're not naming a lot of the. There's, there's like five out of sixteen there, but I, I'd say he is. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd say he is in in the top three. Um, you'd probably have um, Reed Marnie, you know, Cookie, and and Harry Grant as the top three right now. Mm. Um, and it changes, you know, with form throughout the year. And yeah. some guys might pick up injuries. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd probably say on form at the moment, you'd have those three at the top. Happy Coruscant quite close behind. Yeah. But, yeah, good text. Mate, great I like text. That one. After the break, we'll talk about 
Munster situation at the Storm. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with the great Cameron Smith. Smithy, we've got a text here. It's right up your alley. Right, what have we got? Uh, good morning, Kempy and the GOAT. Last year, Kempy talked about Brandon Smith's future and the value of premierships and success during the footy career and how that impacts your post-footy career. Mm-hmm. Regarding Cam Munster, what is more valuable post-career? Being the marquee signing for a new club or being a one-club player having that incredible Storm resume? Thank you, Bonesy. Mm, well, what are your thoughts? Because you spoke about Brandon Smith last year, mm. as Bonesy pointed out. What are your thoughts? Mate, my thoughts. So basically, the Munster situation is slightly different to the Smith situation. Yes. Uh, Brandon Smith has won one premiership yep. as a starting nine. Oh, it, actually, no, he wasn't a starting nine. No, he's off the bench. He's off the bench. Uh, he's only played a little bit of rep footy, whereas Cam Munster has won Origin Series. Mm-hmm. He's won multiple premierships. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's won minor premierships. Uh, and he's also in a position where he is the, the tippity-top of the club. Right. He's the tippity-top of the club. Yeah, he's a marquee player. He's the guy at the Storm. Whereas Brandon Smith, he's still developing his career. Mm. And so I just think that Munster has already got the resume yes. that will see him out after. No matter what he No matter what he does. Yeah. Could, could retire tomorrow. Yes. Whereas Brandon Smith at the moment, if he was to retire last year, yep. he would be known as you know an incredible character of the game, mm-hmm. a great hooker that came along, had a, mm-hmm. one, a couple of good years, and that was it. Yep. So me personally, I think they're different scenarios, mm-hmm. and I think uh, also Brandon Smith wasn't being asked to take a pay cut. No. Thought Smithy. No, I, I tend to agree. I, I think they're completely different um, scenarios as well. Um, given, given what Munster has done uh, at the Melbourne Storm, he's been there for a long, long time now. Um, you know, he's played you know, close to 10 years at the club. Mm. Um, so, you know, he, he's given a lot of service to to the Melbourne Storm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they've been loyal to him also, particularly over the last 12 months through some difficult um, periods uh, in his life. Mm. Um, and they've stuck by him. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it's a big decision for, for Cam Munster. And I know there's a, a lot of talk at the moment, and we can touch on that after this. But, yeah, um, look, I, I think, you know, Cam Munster, if he stays at Melbourne Storm, which you know all reports are saying that they will not release him next mm. year, even though um, Redcliffe, oh sorry, the Dolphins <laughs> and, and Wayne Bennett have said, look, we'd love to take him mm. for twenty twenty three. Yeah, whether whether he stays or not, uh, I don't think it changes his legacy at the Melbourne Storm mm. and his legacy, you know, in that time. Um, he he's got a lot more to consider than what Brandon Smith does right now. Yeah, they're very different stages of their career. Yeah, he's achieved a lot more, Cameron Munster, than than Brandon Smith, and he's a lot older. Mm. He's got a he's got a partner and a child. Yeah, okay, so he's a father. He's got a family. There's a lot more things to consider than what Brandon Smith does right now. Mm. Um, and and a considerable one is also um this. Disparity in 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 um, salaries, big from disparity. what from what is reported, he will receive at the Dolphins mm. compared to what he has been offered at Melbourne Storm. Mm. Um, now we all know that uh, you know Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, they've all been re-signed on on fairly lengthy uh, contracts, and what's reported on pretty decent coin as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and that leaves. Um, you know, Cameron Munster a little bit short of where what he's getting paid currently and what he will be paid in 2023 for mm. the Storm. So it's a huge decision to make. Most definitely a huge decision to make. Yeah. 
So recently, the, yeah. the, this is the order of events. So basically, because <laughs> you need the whole context here. Otherwise, yeah, uh, you can't yeah, really get it. That's right. Now, the storm come to Munster and mm. say, Munster, we need you. If you want to stay here past your contract, you need to take a pay cut. Yes. Not, not only do you... It would be one thing to stay on the amount he's on because technically that's a pay cut as well because mm. he should be progressing up as he gets more experience. The more yeah. years you play, yep. usually your value goes oh, up. Yeah, a little bit hard though when when you've got a, when you've top. got a salary cap. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit hard to be paid sort of well past a million dollars. Yes, if if you want to be competitive. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So let's just let's just say he he remains at the same value. Yeah, remains at the same value. They ask him and say, "Look, you need to take a pay cut." <clears throat> then he comes back and says, "Well." Mate, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Then they start getting interest from other clubs because that becomes public knowledge. The Storm uh, acknowledged that they have asked him to take a pay cut. Yep. He begins, I guess, he hasn't really chatted to to Dolphins at all, but Dolphins have shown interest. Mm-hmm. You know, long story short, Wayne has come out recently and said, we would love to have Munster, whether it's 2023 or 2024. Yeah, well, I think, I think he was quoted as saying when he was asked about the contract talks, he said, look, a lot of that is speculation, mm. okay? A lot of this contract talk between Dolphins and Cameron Munster is speculation. Mm. But he, went, he did say, we are keen to have Cameron at the Dolphins, whether it be 2023 or 2024. Yes. That's what he said. He did say that. He did say that. The Storm have issued uh, a formal or, mm. you know, a formal get your hands off our player <laughs> and <laughs> we will not be releasing Cam Munster. Well, that's what's been reported, Kempi. Yes. They, they've issued a, a back off mm. um, notice to the Dolphins to yep. say – he will not be released. Mm. Um, he's not for sale, um, and that he will be playing in Melbourne in 2023. Yes. So now Munster's in a very strange situation mm. because the Storm are able to come out and say we're only going to pay you unders, mm-hmm. or not unders, sorry, take a pay cut. Yep. And they've made their negotiation position clear. Mm-hmm. So what's really interesting, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is that fair on Munster that it seems like he's not really allowed to negotiate at the moment? Um, it's a difficult one because he's, there's, there's obviously rules that mm. he needs to abide by. Yeah. Um, well, not so much himself, but particularly his management, mm. um, that, that management are required to abide by as far as, you know, the, the length of, of contracts or when he's off contract, when they can start negotiating with other clubs. Mm. Um, but it, it is a difficult situation because we're hearing that he has been told right as of now, mm. That if he wants to stay at the Melbourne Storm post twenty twenty three, it's going to be a significant haircut yeah. of his salary. So I guess that's the difficult situation where he knows that if he wants to stay on, um, he's got to take a pay cut. And you know, I, I think that's you, you got to give Melbourne Storm and the management credit there by saying to him straight up, mate, we we want you to stay. We'd love you to stay. You're a very important part of our organisation. Yep. But but if you if you choose to stay with us. Mm. We can't offer you what you're on right now. Yeah. So you need to, you need to give credit to the, the management by giving him a, f- a fair warning. Yeah. Of what's coming. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit hard for, I guess, for to be in Cameron's situation now to be sitting there knowing that you got to take a significant haircut. I don't think he's is he actually allowed to be negotiating right now, given he's on contract with the Storm in 2023. Uh, my understanding is he can talk to other clubs, but he just can't sign, sign until November 1st this year. Right. That's my understanding. Now, I could be wrong. Yeah. But lo- the last time I looked into it mm. is you essentially can talk to other clubs, you just can't sign anything until November 1st. Right. 
I, th- I thought it was actually you can't even negotiate. Yeah, I thought that initially too. But the look again. Okay. Let us text us in, text us in, if and let us know, know rules, if you yeah. know the rules. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what though. Like, <laughs> we're talking all serious about these dates and when you can negotiate. Like, they are, managers are talking all the time. All the time. Yeah, every club's talking to agents, management, players. It's, it's happening all the time. So yeah. let's not be a little bit naive yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's happening. But um, yeah, look, it's 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 a really tough one and. You know, as I said, yeah, you got to you got to give credit to to Melbourne first up by letting you know, him know, you know, fair warning of, of what's happening, and and they're smart men. Like you're talking about, yeah, you know, people like Matt Tripp, Jerry Ryan that are running the club. They're yeah. very very um, successful people, very successful. Some of the best in the country, businessmen. Yeah. Um. And you know, they 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 completely understand this this sort of negotiation period and mm. and and whatnot and what's what's going to be the best decision for their club. Yeah. Um. And as I said, they've stuck with Cameron Munster through some tough periods in in his career and his life. Um. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's a really big decision. Um. I I just feel I feel a little bit for Cam Munster being stuck in the middle of all this speculation and yeah. and, and media reports and whatnot. But I I guess to be fair to him, he's He's not showing it. Like he's, oh. the last couple of weeks, wow, he's, he's just, been incredible. All, all year he's been great. Yeah, and that and that, mate, we've we've spoke about this, haven't we, Camby? That, mm. that that that's been the reports out of Melbourne all year. Yeah, even starting in the preseason was yeah. that he's 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 looking great, he's feeling great. Yeah, um, he's been really positive around training, and and it's, we're sh- we're seeing it game day. Um, every week now. Yeah, incredible. He's doing himself every uh, service to get mm. the deal that he wants to get. Yep. The good thing is he's going to get a big deal. Yes. It's going to be a great deal. No matter where he is. So yep. that's the positive. We've got a great player in our game that's going to be playing some incredible footy. Uh, but let's get on to Brisbane Broncos versus Cronulla Sharks. Kevy Walters has named the same 17 that beat the Doggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale Finucane returns from a head knock. He replaces Cam McInnes, who moves back to the bench. Mm-hmm. Graham has been named among the reserves and could make his first appearance wow. of the season. Seen the, I, I watched these guys firsthand last week. Impressive. Yeah. Impressive first half. And oh. they, they, had a, they had a gale at their back. It was about 40, or well, Brad Fittler told me it was 41 kilometres, specifically wow. 41 kilometres an hour. Did he, um, did he put his uh, finger in his mouth and just put his I, hand I up like so. that? I went, think so. Okay, forty-one k's. Yep, he just he's got some sort of barometer or something, wind wind, wind gauge <laughs> in the finger. Um, Freddie, he's got all those special things. Uh, but but they were impressive, and and one man that just was unbelievable was um, was Talakai. Mm, wow, just a beast. Now like, you you've seen the great oh, GI flying wow. down the sideline. Yes, is that probably the best centre performance? In a half. In a long time. Since GI. In a long time. Incredible. There, there's been some wonderful performances by centers in our game um, over the years, but for one that just pops out in my memory, oh, that, that's that's some of the best rugby league I've seen by an individual player. Any position can be. Mate, incredible. Any position. He just dominated. He just dominated um, that, that game. Yeah. Uh, he dominated... Poor um, Morgan. He, oh, he ended up getting mate. the hook. And he was already <laughs> under the pump, the poor, poor bloke. So he ended up getting the hook, but he was just unstoppable. Yeah. And and smart. Like, they went to him once. He made a break, scored a try, and they thought, well, let's just keep going down there. So yep. he was making breaks at will. Oh. He was coming off left foots, right foots. He was, he was running past people. He was running over people. Then he then on top of scoring two tries, he wanted to set started setting up tries. It's like three tries just or something in the first half. Yeah, he, well he finished well the two that stand out to me was you know he he actually he backed himself. He went for that left-hand corner. Yeah. Was going to get put into touch. Had two plays on him. He passed the he popped the ball up. Um, he was about a couple of inches off the ground, popped it up, try time. 
And then he makes another break not long after that and puts in a right right foot grubber back towards the post. Um, and and they, score, they score another try. It's just, yeah, you know, so I, I'll tell you what, apart from this being a huge game, which which I, I, I give I give Brisbane a good chance of being in because the Sharkies, they haven't got a great away from home record this year, Kepi. Oh, okay. One from three. Yeah. They are. Okay. One from three. Um, but I, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. Talakai versus Stags. Oh my God. What a matchup. What are you wow. what are you thinking there? I would love to get like a scientist to measure <laughs> the impact of their collision. We'll get Freddie. Get Freddie, he'll measure it. He'll know what's going on. Freddie, what's the impact of it's uh I don't even know what the measurement is for impact. Oh. It's like two car crash two semi trailers crashing. Um, mate, I am so excited for this game. I, I agree with you. I actually think uh yeah, we've got actually a text here. Latrell Mitchell, 2019 uh, GF was pretty good. Mate, Latrell Mitchell, yep. absolutely. He's, he's put on some incredible performances from center. Um, but, yeah, Broncos versus Sharks. I agree with you. I actually think this is a tough game for the Sharkies. Mm-hmm. They should win it. But yes. the Broncos have proven that sometimes when they're at home, they get up for big games. Yeah. Big, like, unpredictable. Last year. unpredictable. There's so many. There's so many. And I'm, this isn't singling out the Broncos. There's so many. I'd say three quarters of the competition, as far as individual teams, are unpredictable this year. Mm. As far as like what team's going to turn up, yeah. And I guess you know that everyone's talking about the gap between you know Penrith, Penrith and Melbourne, possibly chuck in Parramatta into that as well. Yeah. And then there's a gap between the rest. Mm. That's what that's that's what the gap is, the unpredictability yeah. of yeah. of what team's going to turn up. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that we've seen that from you know the likes of Newcastle and Manly this year and. Um, Cowboys, Titans, Broncos as well, because yeah. even you, you know you say the Rabbitohs as well can be oh massively. You know you just their best is their best is very good, and they could they can match Melbourne and Penrith at their best, but mm. they're not at their best all the time like those two teams. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely right. And again, the the, the key difference really is is mm. those two teams rock up with the same attitude and standards each week. Yes, and that's what separates them. Whereas yep. you know the Broncos come in and out; they've got a young side now. Mm-hmm. Who have you got? Broncos or Sharkies? Oh, look. Oh, form says, right, the form line suggests Cronulla. Yes. And, I, and I'm going to go with Cronulla because of that. Yep. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Broncos win. Come on, boys. Kempe. Come on, boys. That's who you're tipping. I'm tipping the Broncos to get the win. Quick question. Yes. Before we go to break. Mm-hmm. From what you've seen, and we all understand, it's early in the season. Are the Sharkies a premiership threat in 2022? Oh, look, they are if 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 they play their best footy. Mm. And I know that's that's a pretty that's an easy line to say because you say that about everyone. But going back to what I just mentioned about team, there's so many teams that are unpredictable with as far as their performances go week to week. Mm. Um, it's just it, it's hard to say yes, definitely. Yeah. So you need to say. If they play their best, yes, they are. Yes. Because we've seen, we, like, let's go back to Sharkies, Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. They, they were right in that. Yeah. They, they lose Dale Finucan in the first, what was it, eight minutes? Oh, I think. Early se- se- Seventh minute. Yeah. Right? HIA gone. So they're down to um, 16. Mm. Then they lose uh, uh, Ueli mm. as well in the match. So they, they pretty much played the Melbourne Storm with, you know, sort of 15 men. Yeah. Okay. For the majority of that match. On top of that, I thought they got a bit of a rough call mm. when Cam McInnes tackled Ryan Pappenhausen, oh. and he was penalised for um, a hip drop, which yeah. wasn't a hip drop. Yeah, he no wasn't way. charged. <laughs> the MRC looked at it and said, nah, 
not a hip drop. Yeah. That was at a critical moment in the game where I think Nico Hines put a like just a little dink kick down into the right corner. Pappenhausen picked the ball up, made his way out of the in goal, and Ken McKenna's chased hard and, and nailed him. Mm. He was about three metres from his own try line. Yeah, locked in their corner. They penalise him. Melbourne kick for touch, go down the other end, score a try, and yeah. that that really took the wind out of the sails of of the Sharkies. So yeah. you know, for them to go to Melbourne and put up a, a pretty decent fight, uh, Melbourne got away from them in the end. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me that suggests that you know, again, if they, if they play well and everything goes well for them yeah. as far as injuries and and whatnot, and they get they get you know a fair share of the calls. They're well and truly a chance. Yeah, good to hear. Sharkies fans, get excited. I'll go even further. Get your tickets, boys and girls. Get your tickets. I'm not refunding them, though. I'm not refunding them. <laughs> get excited. Uh, anyway, we're going to head to a break. 1300 1170 if you want to call in and have a chat to us. Give us a text, 0457 736 736. After the break, we'll continue to preview the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time to break down which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Works I trusted for 60 years. What do you got, Smithy? 60 years, outstanding. Look, I've got um, yeah, got three uh, again this week. I've got uh, first up, Stephen Crichton, 21. He's only 21. I know. Stephen Crichton. Yeah, yep. He's been around for donkey's His years. His game's just getting more rounded, more better. Like, they're really – what I love about the Crichton situation mm-hmm. is he's such evidence of a good coaching system. Yes. Because you're seeing the game be rounded out, whereas sometimes I feel like rookies, they come in, they've got their one play that's really good, yeah. and they never work on all the other stuff in their game. That's right. They don't build up the basics and, and whatnot. It's just about their major weapon. Yes. Hey? Yep. Um, yeah, Stephen Crichton, this is, and this is all purely stats, Yeah. this, uh, this little segment. Um, three tries, two line breaks, five tackle busts, ran for over 100 metres. 100 metres after scoring. He must have scored a lot of them just close range. Yeah, close range tries. I mean, he's been so good. He's been so good this year. Unbelievable. Do you reckon Smokey? Definitely New Smokey. South Wales? Oh, absolutely. With trail out. He has the connection with Cleary, mm-hmm. Luai. Yes. Yo. Yes. I absolutely think he's a Smokey. And I think I would actually argue he's a front runner right now. I know Talakai is, is barnstormed into contention. Yep. One but, match, though. One match. Oh, no, that, sorry, well, sorry. In, He's played well all year, but, yeah. but one was in crazy, out. crazy yep. match. Yep. Uh, whereas I think Crichton, I think he's front-runner for me because he's yeah, well-rounded. Okay. He's cool. got that connection. Yep. Can attack and defend, big body, and he's good in the air. Yeah, uh, a lot of weapons, mm. a lot of weapons. Talk about weapons, this bloke, uh, second second man, Xavier Coates, same age, 21, uh, four tries, Oh man, ran for over 200 metres, two line breaks, six tackle busts. You know what I, I love about Coates this year for, for Origin mm-hmm. is we've got – if let's say we do go with Coates and Oates, first of all, sounds cool. Wow. S- second of all – Didn't think of that. <laughs> second of all, we've got two big bodies on the edge. Yes. That can get through that first hit up that is obviously the line speed is crazy. Mm-hmm. So that uh, excites me. Well, there you go. Um, you got to call Bill Slater, mate. Talk to him about that. <laughs> uh, and uh, lastly, though, and it's a man from the exact same side, Ryan Pappenhausen. Snackenhausen. Scored, uh, well, he scored 22 of the Storms. He's already scored 100 points this season. Mate, he's so cool. Slow down, Paps. Honestly. Goodness me. What about the hair? How good? Um, oh, it's <laughs> disgraceful. But anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> I knew I'd get you on that one. I knew I'd get you on that Pappy, one. come on, mate. Short back and sides, mate. mate come I on. love it, Pappy. I love it, mate. Um, let me just run through that. So he got 22 of the 70 points that the, that the Storms scored. They were through two tries, seven conversions. Ran for 150 metres, two line breaks, one line break assist, three try assists, 
plus, he's the leader of the Dallium right now. 15 points. Incredible. Three points ahead of Isaiah Yo. Incredible. That's, uh, that was... Uh, he's in great to, form. Mate, he's in incredible form. So much so. We'll get to it later in the, the episode. Mm. But again, another year, another conversation about mm. what could he possibly do to get that one role. But we'll get to that later in the show. Yep. That was thanks to Bailey Ladders bringing safety and efficiency to the work site for over 60 years. That's mm. 60 years. And I'll tell you what, I've worked on work sites and the standards that you have to meet are absolutely Crazy. incredible. So that's amazing from Bailey Ladders. But we've got the Titans be the Penny Panthers. Yep. 6 p.m. Seabus Stadium. Plenty of changes for the Titans. Brimson returns to fullback yep. with Will Smith moving to 5'8". Sammy back to the wing. Patrick Herbert to the centre. Philip Sami has been playing well this year. Absolutely. David Fafoida goes back to the second row. Yeah. Uh, and he's returned to second row. Sees Kevin Proctor move back to the bench. And Jared Wallace amongst the reserve. Penny Panthers. Sonny Luke, he retains his uh, bench spot. Yeah. Uh, he was really impressive. And Brian To'o expected to make his return. He's, he's not far off, Brian To'o. Um, we spoke about that, where he will make his return. What position? Yes. Um, well, he, it, well, sorry, not what position. He'll be there. He'll yeah. be on the left wing. It's just a matter of who stays on the right side yeah. in that team. Uh, look, how, how do you approach this one? Cool. Gold Coast, again, um, underperformed. Mm. Yeah, for, the, for the team that they have... Mm. Um, on paper, and, and certainly the, the the talent that they have in that footy side, they've they've underperformed again. Um, Penrith Panthers, they don't look like losing a game at the moment, um, and it doesn't matter who they play, where they play, raining, sun shining, hurricane, snow, all of it. Yep. Um, poor decisions, good decisions, whatever it is, they're just too strong at the moment. Yeah. They really are too strong, and and if. Gold Coast really want to be in this game. They got to come up with their. They got to come up with their best and then some. Oh, at mate. this with where where they're playing right now, they got to come up with their best and some. The Penrith Panthers are so scary because now the Melbourne Storm. Your biggest challenge was you were in Melbourne, mm. Victoria. Obviously not a rugby league state. Mm-hmm. The Penrith Panthers have an incredible system plus the connection to one of the biggest rugby league nurseries yeah. in the country. Yeah, and so, the entire community. Which is crazy. Could you imagine Melbourne Storm if they were situated in Brisbane? Or, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just scary to think what they could do yeah. in the future. But I agree. I think um, Titans at the moment really struggling. I'm very surprised that Preston uh, Jaden Campbell isn't selected again for mm-hmm. the second week in a row. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on Campbell not being selected with the Titans? Um, well, he played... Uh, he played Reggie's yep. last week. He played for Tweed. Yeah. Um, so he's one week back from injury. I think they probably just want him. He's probably just a little bit short of a run, Kempi. Okay. To be fair. Okay. Um, only a young fella. He's only just started out his career. Like, you mm. don't want to throw him sort of, particularly yeah, back yes, against yeah. Penrith. Fair point. Um, and he's going to be copying a barrage um, of, of kicks from uh, particularly Nathan Cleary. Yeah. Who's got all the tricks <laughs> in the bag as far as kicking's concerned. He just, he, he can be really boring and just put you under. You know, little dink kicks or bombs hit you in the corner or he's mm. got floaters, he's got spirals, he's got the whole lot. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're just waiting one week, just give him another run, um, build his confidence coming back from injury and I'd like to think he'll be back in that lineup pretty soon. I hope so because he offers, he's such an X factor, such an X factor. Yep. Now, after the break, we'll continue our round eight preview. Make sure to stay tuned or give us a call, 1300 01 1170 and we'll see you on the other side. Smithy, we've got plenty of games to preview. We've mm-hmm. got plenty of games to preview. Uh, we got, But before we get to that preview, the question was posed to us via a text. What more can Ryan Pappenhusen do to make it into the New South Wales Blues squad for the game? I think it's two different questions. The squad, mm. I think he'll be in. Oh, well, 
Maybe not because we've got Nico Hines at 14. Mm-hmm. But then some people are pushing for, is he playing well enough to pressure Tedesco? I personally think that's insanity, but what do you think? <laughs> not because Pappy's not playing well, but like Teddy has had some of the best origin we've ever seen. Insanity. Oh, mate. How good has Teddy played at origin? No, like- he has. He has. Um, uh, to, to answer that that specific question, what more can he do? Nothing. Yeah. He can't do anything Literally. more than what he's doing right now mm. because he's um, – He's absolutely on fire. Uh, his game has, has most definitely gone to another level this year. And um, he's he's staying out in the field, which is which has helped mm. him. He, yeah. he, he hasn't had sort of you know, spits and spurts because of injury um, this season. And I know we're, we're only sort of you know, seven, eight weeks in, but mm. um, he's played plenty of game time. Um, he's taken on a new role now as goal kicker. Well, he, he did a little bit last year, but again, in and out of the footy side through injury. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Quick answer is no, he cannot do any more than he's doing right now, yeah. and that's all you can do. Yeah. Now it's up to now it's up to you know Brad Fittler in the selection panel to select their team. Do I think he'll um, unseat Tedesco from the number one job? Mm. No, I don't. Yeah. Not right now. Yeah. Um, you got to remember he is the captain as well yeah. of that footy side. Mm. So if you if you if you're replacing uh, Tedesco with Ryan Pappenhausen, you got to find yourself another captain as well, which yes. they're not short of. They're not short yeah. of leaders, mm. okay? Like, yeah. But he is your captain, and he's played extremely well um, over the last, you know, four and five State of Origin series. He's, yeah. he's been New South Wales' best across – well, sorry. I won't, he's been in their, you know, best three every in every time. series. Absolutely. Okay, so that's really hard. Now people say, well, he should be on the bench. Difficult one. Yeah, because where do you play him? Mm-hmm. He's not going to go on. Def- he's not going to go on. Tedesco's not going to be taken off at any stage in the yeah. game, unless, unless he's injured. Mm. Now, if you think about that, I will put him in there just in case of injury to Tedesco. Well, if he doesn't get injured, does he play a minute of the game? Yeah. Then you're only playing a, an entire state of origin with 16 men essentially. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is he big enough to play in the middle? I, I don't think so. Mm. Um. I think that's when you'd probably lean towards someone like a Nico Hines mm. um, to play in that role because he can play fullback if something was to happen to Desco. Yeah. He's probably the form seven, yeah. um, along with you know Jerome Hughes and Daly Cherry Evans at the moment. Mm. Um, so he can play halves, so he can play wing, he can play so he can play anywhere in the back line. Yeah, and he's he's played um, some middle um, positions for the Melbourne Storm mm. as well. Um, so he's quite robust with his size. He's he's up around, he's sort of pushing, I think, around 95, 96 kilos. Yeah. So he's a big body um, and he can handle middle if he needs to play there. So I, I think that's where they'd be leaning towards. But certainly when it comes to Ryan Pappenhausen and, and his performances and, and what he can do now to, to say, I'm ready to play State of Origin, there's no more he can do. There's literally no more. It, it might be some of the best form we've ever seen by a player to not be selected. That's right. He's yeah. leading the Dalian. And it's just unlucky that he's he's playing in a position where um, the, the current captain yeah. for the New South Wales Blues is wearing the same jersey number yeah. and is a elite player in our competition. Yeah, and, he, and he's done it so many times, Tedesco, at origin level. Yeah. You know, he's won series. He's won man of the series. Yes. Even last year, he was in the top three. You know, they had Tommy and... Uh, uh, Tommy and Latrell playing so well. Mm-hmm. Teddy wasn't he was wasn't far behind. On top of all that, Teddy ran for three hundred plus meters on the weekend. Crazy, you know. So he's still he's still putting up some quality performances. But uh, I do feel for Pappy because it's like he absolutely deserves to be there. Mm. But it's just 
an unfortunate timing thing. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a timing thing, it's just, isn't it? It's timing. So, um, great question there. Great question there. Thanks for texting in. Now, the Rabbitohs versus Manly Seagulls. South Sydney Rabbitohs, Tane Mills' suspension is replaced by Isaiah Tuss in the centres, mm-hmm. while Havili replaces Host on the bench. Martin Tapau returns for the Manly Seagulls, uh, and so does Sean Kepi. Yep. And Sipley reverting, he goes up back to the bench. Uh, Olakowatu is uh, suspended, mm-hmm. and Paseka is also out. So Benchavoyevich and Kurt D. Lewis come into the 17. Harper has been dropped and replaced by Cooler. Mm. Thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I think um, a lot of changes for Manly. Uh, a lot of changes. And I think the one that sticks out for me is Olakowatu. He's been... Very good this year. Very good. Talk about Smokies. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, he, he's been actually better than very good. He's been outstanding for Manly this mm. year. Um, just such a threat with the football and, and aggressive in defense too. Like yeah. he just puts he puts pressure on you. Anytime he's involved in the action, mm. whether it be tackling or, or running the football, he just puts pressure on the opposition. So that's a huge out. Um, I, I guess they're lucky in a way they get Marty Tapao back and Sean Kepi, a couple of big bodies. Um, but just yeah, so many changes to their lineup every week. It yeah. just seems like they're just they're not having a great run with suspension and injuries this year. Manly mm. um, still without uh, Turbo, of course. Um, but this is up at the Central Coast. They don't mind playing up at the Central Coast, Manly. Um, South Sydney again, just been up and down with their performances. If they can, if they could really just capture the. The, the game that they played against the Roosters um, out at a core stadium, if they could c- just capture that that form of of what they produced that week, that they'll they'll they will be stuck in the top four all year. Yeah, without a doubt, mm. there, there won't be too many teams that get close to them apart from Manly and Melbourne. Ah, sorry, Melbourne and, and Penrith. Yeah, um, if they can capture that form um, across the season. But, yeah, look, I'm probably leaning towards South Sydney for this one. Yeah, honestly. Just because of the, the changes to Manly. Yeah, I A lot agree. happening. Oh, look, South Sydney, it's all about completion rate. I know it's I know completion rate in today's game isn't the best indicator, but if you go back and look at all the South Sydney performances, they're two times they completed at a higher rate, mm. they won their games. On the weekend, they were at about 68% or something, yep. or just under 70. Hard to win footy matches. Very hard, especially when you're trying to make things work. You've got a new seven. Mm. You know, it's, it's a little bit different if you're the Roosters, Penrith, you know, or the Storm. You've got set players in set positions, so you can get yourself out of those kind of situations. Whereas the Rabbitohs, they're, they're building at the moment. So yep. uh, I'm going to back the Rabbitohs, but it all depends on completion. If they complete lower than 70%, yep. they don't win. No. If they go higher... They have a really good chance. Well, if you if you look at completion rates across the competition, if if you're not completing in and around seventy five percent, it's usually a struggle. Yeah, and if you if you win one, if you win a game uh, when your completion rate is below seventy five percent, you've either had a couple of individuals have just standout matches, yeah, or the other teams had a absolute bludger, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolute, absolute bludger. bludger. <laughs> uh, mate, uh, we saw a bludger on the weekend, and it was well, it wasn't a bludger game. It was uh, unfortunately the Warriors, mate. I felt sorry for the Warriors. It got so bad, yeah, that it went from me being disappointed, you know, for the boys yep. to 
Wow, actually, it, everything is going wrong. Yeah. Everything is going wrong for yeah. these boys. A little bit cringy. Oh, mate, absolutely. Because like, I know how how much it would suck to be out there. What do you what 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 did you say before we started the show? What was their completion in the second half? Like one completed set out of like four, something along those lines. Goodness me! Yeah, like I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, anything and I, like. And they that. were absolutely roasted by oh. the coach Nathan Brown after it, saying certain players. Yeah. Gave up. Yeah, which is tough to hear. Oh, good. Tough to hear. After the break, we'll discuss some of the best moments we've seen in sport this week. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We've also got the best moments in sport. Smithy. Oh, best uh, moment in sport. Yeah. Uh, brought to us by our great friends at Best Sheds. How's your old man Shed going? Mate, still uh, loving it? Still loving it. As I said, haven't heard from him. It's been <laughs> He's six still months. down there. He's still down there. He Got hasn't no come out. It's got no reception, you reckon? Well, that's how good it is. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking for a shed right now, Best Sheds have got a massive autumn sale on right at this moment. So just go to bestsheds.com.au. But my my vote is, well, it's the announcement mm. that came out this morning about rep footy. Yeah. It's back. International oh. rep footy. We haven't seen it for a couple of years. Um, World Cup was postponed as mm. well. Um, so that's that's all going ahead thus far um, at, the, at the very end of this season over in the UK, which is going to be great. Uh, for all players and, and officials involved and for the fans to see all the international teams back. But, yeah, across that weekend of Origin 2, we got we kick it off with the Women's State of Origin. Kiwis are playing Tonga. We've got the Pacific Nation double header out of so Campbelltown good. and then finished off by the Men's Origin. That's my big moment in sport this week. Mate, my moment of the week was the fact that over 57,000 fans attended both NRL Anzac matches at the SCG in Amy Park. What Huge. a day it was. I absolutely loved it. I also think uh, the ADF played Turkey, I think, in a curtain raiser. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty what, sure. Sydney? Uh, in Sydney, I'm pretty right. sure. Uh, so shout out to them. I mean, what a great day of footy. Yep. What a great day of footy. I thought the Roosters and the Dragons really put on a good showing and uh, – you know, that's the kind of game you want to watch on Anzac Day. So yep. that's my moment. I thought it was uh, a great moment. That's massive autumn sale on right now. Best Sheds, 100% owned by manufacturer. While we're, while we're talking about Anzac Day, do you know what a gunfire breakfast is? I only just learnt this the other day. Like I was watching the coverage. Yeah. Of, I got up I got up and just did the um, did the little sort of uh, ceremony in the driveway, yep. which was great. We did that last year when all the sort of lockdowns and all that sort of stuff was happening. Mm. Fantastic. With the family, had a few of the neighbours over. Yeah. Um, my wife cooked up some beautiful bacon and eggs. Oh, burgers afterwards as well. After we went, nothing you know, better than that. Bacon and eggs in the morning. The entire ceremony with the last post, the ode, and the national anthems. Um, but did you have you ever heard of a gunfire breakfast? No, I what have that not. is, and I'm going to try it next year. Okay. I've never heard of this. It is right. It they 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 have a gunfire breakfast. So officially on Anzac Day now, they they do it in between the dawn service and then the march, wherever the march yep. is, the Anzac March Parade or whatever, wherever they're doing it in, in numerous cities around the country. They actually, you go and meet up and it's it's a glass of milk with a, with a like a, a shot or a nip of rum. What? Yeah. And where did it start? Like so where? it started, it started in, in the First World War where, um, so... You know, food was all on rations and all that sort of stuff. And mm. you, could, you can imagine waking up in the morning, Kempi, knowing, you know, for these you right. know, men and women that served in, in these wars, what was coming. They knew they had to go out and, and, yeah. and fight the opposition and you know, go into long battles. So to give them a little bit of bit of confidence. A Liquid bit of, courage. bit of courage, yeah. right? They'd chuck a nip of rum in their milk. 
Oh, for, wow. for breakfast, Mate. and then bang, they're just ready to go. I'd need a lot more than that. I'd need a lot more than that. Those so, are so brave. So, mate, so next brave. year, next year, Anzac Day next year, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a crack at it, mate. You know what? I milk and rum. Too. I might too. Uh, milk and rum. Uh, what's it called? Gunshot breakfast. Gunfire. Gunfire. Mm. Brecky. Yeah. Mate, gunfire brekkie. I it's love on. it. Mate, you learn new things on this show. You learn new <laughs> things. Uh, but yeah, the Anzac it was absolutely fantastic day. Yeah. The whole weekend was fantastic. Huge. And, you know, as we said last week, massive respect to the diggers and yep. all the Australian uh, Defence Force. Uh, we really appreciate it. And every, you know, my grandparents, they were in the war. You know, yep. we've all got connections to it. What yep. an incredible sacrifice the men and women uh, made for this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and was, continue to make. Continue to make. Absolutely. Yep. You're absolutely right, Smithy. Yep. Uh, massive autumn sale on right now at Best Sheds. 100% Australian owned and manufactured. Just go to bestsheds.com.au. Uh, and after the break... We will wrap up the second hour of the show. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. New Zealand Warriors versus the Canberra Raiders. Uh, well, Tani Zelezniak, he's out with concussion. Curran is out. Panay is out. Kossi's been dropped. Uh, new faces are Berry, Viliami Vailey. Mm-hmm. Apologies if I got that wrong. Jack Murchie and Katoa on the bench. Bailey Sirenen moves into the starting side for the Canberra team. Captain Elliot Whitehead returns from his face injury and he replaces debutant Harry Russian. How do you see this match going, Smithy? Um, <clears throat> difficult one, this one. Mm. Uh, both teams are just, I don't know, they're just nowhere near where they need to be right now. Yep. Um, we, we spoke about the Warriors and, and what happened la- last week against Melbourne just mm. completely, I don't know, just didn't turn up in the second 40. Mm. Just did not turn up and you're going to get punished particularly when you're playing quality side like Melbourne, um, and did. Uh, there'll be some very, very uh, brutal meetings going on this week. Oh, my God. And uh, fitness sessions. I'm suggesting um, <laughs> with Nathan Brown, with, particularly with his comments after the game, talking about players just giving up. Like, that's just a – wow, that's just that's just a big no-no. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, sting your pride too it, as a player. And does not does not matter – like, it doesn't matter what the situation is – you just never give up. Yeah, that's just one. Like when you when you're playing sport, you, you learn that. For me, you learn that as a as a as a young young kid. Yeah, boy or girl, like yeah. it's just you never ever give up. Yep. Um. So when your coach questions uh, your commitment to the game and to the to the side, mm. um, yeah, that's got to hurt. So I'm 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 guessing that you know Nathan Brown's had some pretty brutal feedback for the team this week. Mm. So I'd like to think that they're going to bounce back here quite positively. Like if they don't, like then you then you're thinking, oh, what's going on, mate? If um, they don't, wow. Raiders again. It's hard to put a <laughs> put your finger on what's happening yeah. at their club at the moment. Um, Elliot Whitehead, that's a that's a big uh, in for them back from a, a pretty serious face laceration. Um, but I don't know. I just I don't know. Are the, are the, what Raiders team's going to turn up? If if they if they play well, they're a chance. But so are the Warriors. Like it's just this is so hard. Yeah. What do you think, mate? I'm lost. I don't know what the issue is at the Raiders. They play a half of really good footy. Even last week, they were incredible in defence for a long period. Mm. Um, I'm going to go the Warriors purely, and I just think they're going to be so outraged at how yes. they played last week. I might come with you on and that. And they one. just go crazy this week. Yep. Uh, anyway, after the break, uh, I think we're going to the news now, and we'll got the final hour, and we'll keep previewing the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Uh, right here on SCN, miss the first hour. Check out the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith podcast on Apple or Spotify. All you got to do, type in the Captain's Run in your search bar, 
Boom, hit follow, and then you can listen to the full podcast whenever you'd like. Uh, now, you can also call us, 1300 01 1170, text 0457 736 736. But Smithy, or also follow us on Twitter, 1170 SEN. Smithy, though, the doggies versus the roosters. But before we get to that game, yep. huge news out of the Bulldogs camp. Mm. Now, the reports are that Gus Gould has stormed in, allegedly. <laughs> That's what the report said. That the, the doors opened with a theatrical bang. <laughs> a theatrical bang is how it was described. That's not my word, Smithy. What's a theatrical bang? Well, is it like when like a cowboy bursts through like the the? Maybe you know what he kicked no? the door. Maybe he kicked the door. Oh, he might and have kicked that, it in. And that noise. <laughs> and he had two guns in his pocket. Right. He's like, boys, yeah. boys, I tell you what. Yeah. We're about to go to town. I tell you, boy. <laughs> I say, boy. <laughs> right. So what, and then so what's happened from so that? He's allegedly, reportedly. Yes. Allegedly, reportedly. Allegedly, reportedly on the grapevine. Right. But bursts in theatrically. Yep. Then he basically goes on to praise the New South Wales Cup side because they had a win after losing a few players. Yes. Then he goes to spray basically the entire NRL side with a specific focus on the spine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't end there. But wait, there's more. Right. Then also, apparently, allegedly, on the grapevine, mm-hmm. he takes their training session that day and puts them through the ringer. Now, I have a lot of questions about this situation. First of all, I want to know... How does the media have a play-by-play of what has happened inside, behind closed doors mm-hmm. of the doggies? Well, it's that's pretty straightforward for me, Kempi. They've, they've spoken to someone that was in that room. Or someone in that room has phoned them up specifically and said, look, this is what's happened, yeah. and we just want this out there. Now, that's what I'm thinking. Yes. Now, Smithy, I'm going to take... Conspiracy theories. Let, let me take you down conspiracy <laughs> theory lane. <laughs> yes. I Let's have, go down. I have no evidence for this. <laughs> and I, it's probably... It's, it is definitely that, is, is wrong. That, is, that what, is that what conspiracies are, though? Oh, well, conspiracy is evidence. So it's even worse than a conspiracy theory. Right. Cause but, I mean, what I'm not understanding is Gus Gould is one of the most savvy operators in the business. Yeah. So let's assume that this really did happen. He's been around for a long time. Long, he's, long he's time. He's a smart man. So what I'm not understanding is if Gus Gould had this planned, like mm. he probably did if it did happen, yep. he would have locked the whole club down. Yes. There would have been no media reports. There would have been no leaks. So what I'm not understanding is, is how did this even get out and how does the media have a play-by-play of everything that happened inside the meeting? Mm. Now, if you're a club that's looking to – you know, progress forward, you don't want any leaks. Your heads would be rolling, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, if you're in the position where you need you're, – you're addressing something within, you know, the playing group mm. um, with all the players involved in your squad, be it first grade and reserve grade, and, and the coaches and the staff involved, and you don't want anything spoken about, well, you specifically it, – it should go without saying yeah. that it stays within those four walls. Mm. But you just remind – everyone specifically that this is not to be repeated. Yeah. So so it's either one or two things. Someone's let the media know intentionally. Yeah. Or they've 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 got, you know, people in there with some loose lips. Now loose lips let's sink ships. They sink ships, mate. They sink premier ships. Ooh. Uh, oh, I thought of that off the bat. Yeah. Let's I like go. It. Loose I like li- it. loose lips sinks premier ships. Yeah. But just quickly on the Gus Gould, I have no doubt that it happened. I have no doubt. Like, absolutely it happened. Mm. But my, I guess, my conspiracy is, yes. is this intentionally happening to take heat away from the team, 
certain players. Like mm-hmm. Gus Gould is a master of the media. Has he sat down and gone, look, just like when the Kyle Flanagan was reaching fever pitch, yes. Gus Gould comes out and says, don't blame Barrett, blame me. Yes. I was the one. It's my doing. Exactly. And then this happens. And is it Gus Gould being a master of the media going, if I do this, all the attention's on me rather than the team and the players and they can get through the week without the immense pressure of the fact that they're now sitting on the bottom of the table. Oh, yep. That's conspiracy theory. No evidence for it, no. but it seems all weird. I think I'm with you on that one. Mm. I think he's just going in there trying to protect Trent Barrett. I think he's just trying to take a little bit of heat off him at the moment. The team, you know, they they, they started the season okay, and they played some good footy. Um, um, particularly their defense was, was great. Fantastic. Um, early on, but the, yeah, just... They haven't done particularly well in the last sort of month, mm. um, so a lot of a lot of pressure is is starting to mount at Belmore, um, not only on the playing group but also the coach, and it just seems to happen all the time now, where mm. teams don't get results straight away. We just we look at the coach and say, mate, he's got to go. Yeah, um, the team's not responding to him, so mm. I think he might be just he might be going in to bat for his coach there. Yeah, um, like he did last time, which was yeah, like he did last yeah. time, um, just trying to take a little bit of heat off him. It's 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 a master. It's 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 a it's a it's a stroke of a guy that's been around a long time, mm. understands the media, understands public perception, and not too dissimilar to what Wayne Bennett does. Oh, he's a king of it. And you've you've seen it firsthand as yeah. as a player, king um, of it. And he being your coach, anytime he feels that one of his players are feeling a little bit of heat, um, anyone in his organisation, he just he comes out with something just radical. Mm. Yeah. throws up a headline or does yeah. something and then all of a sudden all the spotlights on Wayne Bennett. Yeah. So I don't think this is this isn't too far off what we've seen from Wayne across many years because the the, the concern is if this genuinely is has has has, has happened and Gus yep. Gould has gone in there and he's upset and he's taken a uh, a training session then and it's gotten leaked mm-hmm. then that's a big problem for the doggies that the fact that oh. this is all getting out play by plays of internal meetings that 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 would be alarming very alarming so look Gus Gould he's a master he knows what he's doing look what he look what he built at Penrith yep. look what he built at Penrith he's a master he knows what he's doing trust in Gus trust in Gus is what i say yes trust in Gus uh now the doggies versus the Roosters, mm-hmm. how do you think this goes? Uh, yeah, I think I nearly, uh, I nearly tipped Dragons hey, last week mm-hmm. when they played the Roosters just oh, because of the yeah. up and down nature nature of the Roosters season. But I'm going to stick with the Roosters again. Okay. I'd, Staying I'd, loyal? Yeah, I think I think they're going to – they should win this. Mm. Um, Can, Canterbury, again, yeah, it's just struggling for form at the moment. Plenty of changes being made. Um, in their squad again, uh, but oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to go Roosters. Yeah, they're 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 a better team than the Dogs right now. Mm. They just need to start showing it though. Yeah, that, that's that's the problem is is for both teams to a degree. The mm-hmm. the Bulldogs they had a great start. Matter of fact, the start of their season, the first four rounds, I think it was the best defensive start in the club's history, in the modern game. For, the Bulldogs? For the doggies. Yeah, I it was. Statistically. Yeah. So so they've they've done it. And on top of that, we spoke about it earlier, mm. they are starting games well. There yeah. is signs of life there. Well, I spoke to – I actually spoke to Trent Barrett um, maybe, what was it, two or three weeks ago when they, when they faced the Rabbitohs down in Sydney. Mm. Um, Easter weekend it was. Yep. Good Friday, I think. Um, and, and he spoke about that was the most pleasing aspect of, of their game mm. up to that point was – uh, well, their defense was was quite good, mm. um, but the energy that they showed 
when they when they started matches. That was yeah. the pleasing thing for him. Mm. Obviously, not finishing off too many games, but their their starts have been great. So they just need to harness you know that that first that opening exchanges that they have in you know the ten twenty minutes of every game that they've played. Mm. If they can harness that, then you know the, it makes it it makes them harder to beat if they are going to get beat. Yeah, at least they're going to be competitive for longer. Yeah, and that's all you're trying to do. And you know, like let's not like they wooden spoon last year. Mm. All you're trying to see is improvement. Mm. Okay, so like for for doggies fans, they would love to see them a part of the finals series. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen this year, mm. but at least climb off the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, so you can see some improvement in the side that they're that they're actually moving forward, um, getting better, and in the hope that in 2023 they'll be. They'll have finals aspirations. Yeah, especially they've got Reed Marnie coming, Viliami kick out. A couple of big names going over. So with with an, uh, it's really a, there's something they're missing is a, a nine, I think, a quality yeah. nine like Reed. Yep. Uh, with the Roosters, just quickly, very interesting, the Roosters. I, I feel like Trent is really tinkering. I, I still mm. feel he's quite unsure as to what his best starting pack is. Even yep. some of the outside backs have been in and out. Like Angus Crichton, he started on the bench a few times. Yep. Uh, Radley started off the bench on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Butcher has been in and out. Uh, Hardgreaves has started and not started. Yeah. So I think Trent Robinson is is tinkering quite a bit, but I do believe that they'll make a run towards the end of the season. Oh, they will, and we have addressed this topic mm. already this year. Can be on the captain's run is that they're they're a side that you know, they don't necessarily need to be flying right now. Yeah, and I think uh, I think actually Victor Radley was interviewed mm. um, before the before the exact game against. Um, the dragons and he spoke about the position that they're in at the moment and and they don't you know they don't want to be at their peak right now yeah they want to be at the peak at the end of the year so mm. they they've got a lot of footy to come rep footy a couple of their players will be on rep duties they want to be hitting their straps yeah come september yeah okay so there's a bit of tinkering at the moment you know we see in the lineup this week already like um warrior hargraves and and radley they're back in the starting side which makes Takiaho and, and Nat Butcher go back to the bench. So mm. there's chopping and changing all over the spot. I guess, you know, Trent Robinson, he's probably looking at what is his best lineup yeah. um, and the best makeup of those those 13 that start the match mm. and who's going to give him the greatest impact off the bench because it's such an important role that, that interchange yeah. players now. Like back, I, I guess back in the day, you probably looked at, yeah, if you if you weren't in the starting thirteen, you probably thought, "Oh, geez, I'm not good enough at the mm-hmm. moment." Yeah. Um, back when back when footy was played, and and if you were if you were interchanged, mm. right, if you were taken from the yeah. field as a starting thirteen player, that was it for you. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so that was the goal to be a to be in the starting side. Whereas now, you you look at, um, at interchange benches, and they're just as as crucial and as critical selections on on that four man bench. Mm. As it is in your starting thirteen. Well, it's you're you're totally right. Like it's a part of the game plan. Like it's specific. Mm. Like we're selecting this guy for yep. a twenty minute period. Yes, that's just as important as our front rower's twenty minute period. Yeah, the starting front rower. Yep. Uh, now onto the Eels versus the Cowboys. Look, biggest talking point for me, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brown, arguably the form oh. six of the comp, at least number two behind Munster, mm-hmm. has been moved to the centre for the second week in a row. Very, I understand he's probably the best center and they have a back shortage. Mm-hmm. But I, I just believe that Moses, Brown, Gutho and Marnie, if you want to win a premiership, they need to be playing as much footy as possible together. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Brown to center? Well, 
what's what's um, what's the go with Tom Oberjek? I think he's sweet to play. He's I in think... the squad. Why, why is he not playing though? Because he played a he played a huge amount of footy last year. Didn't oh yeah, he? And he's, and he's, a, quite, he's a solid. Played quite well. Center. Yeah, I, I'd probably. I was always of the opinion that you leave your best. So so in, in the case of Dylan Brown, like he's been outstanding. Um, in the sixth jersey this year, yeah. outstanding, one of their best players. Like I, I, I was always of the opinion that you leave, leave that guy there, just do a straight swap, mm. do a straight swap for uh, that centre position. Yeah. Because w- essentially, what you're doing is you're making two changes for one. Mm. Okay. And and <laughs> I used to, get, <laughs> I used to get a little bit annoyed um, when when Craig used to do this. So we used to, if we had an injury in the halves, mm. Craig would would come to me at the start of the week and say, mate, need you to play six. Or say if Cooper was injured, yeah, um, he had a couple of um, injuries, serious injuries um, during his time at Melbourne. Mm. He'd come to me and say, mate, need you to just play seven this week and then we'll play, we'll bring this bloke from reserve grade in and play hooker and then we'll bring this bloke up and play. He'll, he'll be on the bench or whatever. Yeah. So when you, when, you, when you stop and think about that, that mm. was making three changes to the team yeah. for one guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? One goal was out, but you were rotating three people to different positions mm. from the previous week, just for, just for that one person. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was always of the opinion that it's it was better off to leave me at nine. Sometimes I I caved mm. and, and, and just did, said yes, I'll, I'll do yes, it. Yes, okay. Yeah, I'll do it for you. Um, but on the most part, I, I I thought the best thing for the team for the team, Kempi, was that if I stayed at nine. And just brought someone in a straight swap for whoever it was in that in that six or seven jersey, mm. maybe for that week or or might have been two weeks. Um, that was that was always going to be have the least disruption. Yeah. Okay. Mm. The least disruption for the side. Now it might be a different case here at Parramatta where they bring Jake Arthur in um, and play six and Dylan Brown at four. But for me, I, I would I would just leave Dylan Brown Dylan Brown at six. He's playing. Great football at the moment. Mm. Got a great combination with Mitch Moses um, and Reed Marnie, um, and some of their their middle forwards as well. Um, mm. They play a little bit of footy together, um, and just bring in bring in a centre, mm. um, uh, uh, a guy that plays there week in week out. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and if you're short on centres, bring a benchy, a big forward. Ryan Madison can play there. Uh, you know, I feel like there's other players that aren't as crucial to the core part of your game yep. that could slot in there, whereas Brown is. Now, quickly, onto the Cowboys before we go to a break. Name the same 17 as last week. Now, the Cowboys, they're playing fantastic, but they haven't actually played any of the top-tier teams. This is mm. a huge test to say, are the Cowboys a finals footy side? How do you think they'll pan out? Yeah, I, I think they'll handle it, and, and I actually give them a real good chance. This game's being played in Darwin. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so a um, little bit different for the Eels going up to um, up into the Territory. Mm. A little bit warmer, a little bit muggy. Um, Just a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I still remember we, we played up there in the 2017 World Cup and it was stifling. <laughs> I've never been so hot in my life. Yeah, seriously. Mate, honestly, I don't know how they do Have it Have you up been there. up there? I, I've been up obviously North Queensland, mm. but uh, nowhere, never to Darwin, but I've had stories. My brother lived in Tanner Creek for a while. Wow. And he was like, mate, it's just another level. It just it suffocates you. It yeah. suffocates you. Oh, that's the first time I'd ever been there and uh, first and only time, actually. Wonderful place. Great city. Yeah. Love, 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 love the town and love being in that region. But um, 
playing footy. Wow, Tough. it was it was it was in November, hot as oh, muggy. Mate. Oh, mate. Anyway, um, I, I think um, look, I think that oh, I give Cowboys a good chance here. I really do. Well, okay. On the I back, like, that. like uh, they're playing some good footy. Scotty Drinkwater, mm. he's playing really well. Um, keeps the number one uh, jersey ahead of uh, the hammer. Um, so yeah, look, mate. I, I, look, I give him a real good chance. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. Real I do as well. I, I think that the Heat is actually absolutely going to play uh, into their hands. Yeah, uh, I believe that. Uh, look, I think it's a massive game for both sides. Yep. Massive game for both sides. Uh, I probably just think the Eels will pip them, but the Cowboys have an opportunity to make a statement. Now, after the break, we'll share our holy shits, mo- holy schnitz moments from the week. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to Schnitz, home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. The holy schnitz moment. Uh, schnitz. Holy schnitz. Yes. Those schnitties were fantastic last week. They'll be fantastic next week and for the rest <laughs> of eternity because schnitties are absolutely beautiful, made yes. by schnitz. Now, who's I've your pick, mate? My nomination made. It may be a bit biased. It may be a bit biased, but my mm. holy schnitz moment was Payne Haas. He keeps rubbing his shoulder after his first hit up in the game. Yeah. And I, my world was crumbling, Smithy. Right. World was crumbling. I'm mm. going, it's over. Broncos are going to fold as a club. We need Payne Haas out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then the big man. He gets a grade one AC joint. He comes back out. No way. Ends up running for 254 metres, 138 post contact. What? Makes 39 tackles and only one miss. And I was sitting there going, holy schnitz. Yeah. That's what I was sitting there saying. There's I, me moment. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who else was saying, holy schnitz. <laughs> All the Bulldogs defenders. Yes, yes. <laughs> Look at that big man running at us. Sorry, 100 and what post contact metres? 138 post contact metres. That, that, that would have been more than some of the other, it not was, just forwards, players in that entire game. Yeah. Would yeah. have made. Total. It, well, basically only two of the Bulldogs forwards beat that. Oh, goodness as in, as in their normal metres, only two of them ran more metres than his post contact, and it was only by 10 or 20 metres. That's that's crazy. That's a great nomination. Holy schnitz. Schnitz. Uh, mine, West Tigers, mate. Oh. How good. On the ba- I'm on the bandwagon. I'm on oh, the Tigers bandwagon. Mate, they've, they've won two in a row, um, and very similar, ironically, very similar circumstances. Mm. Uh, this time around, uh, Brooksy, it was Brooksy's turn. Kick oh, the field mate. goal. How good is that? Which is great for him. Great for him to, um, given the, the the spotlight on on and the heat that he's copped in the first six weeks of the competition. Um, but back to back wins, eels and rabbits going for three in a row. Crazy. Three in a row. Could you imagine? No, no. Do they dare to dream, Smithy? Oh, absolutely. Dare to dream. Oh, we've got a, yet to preview their game. Yep. I think it's the last game of the round, but. Um, I give him a real good chance. Yeah, look, I love oh, we'll what get I'm to that. seeing. We'll yeah, get to that. We'll but get that to was it. my that was my nomination. West Tigers two in a row. Mate, on your great fellas. nomination. I'm absolutely on the bandwagon. They were our holy schnitz sporting moments. Thanks to Schnitz, got that winning taste right now. Schnitz handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh and made just for you. Oh. After the break, we'll continue our round eight preview. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Uh, we were just having a good yarn about how incredible the Storms attack was on the weekend. Got caught up, fellas. We got caught up. And ladies. Deep in that. But anyway, <laughs> play uh, on. Play on, we say. Play on, we say. Now, we've got uh, the Newey Knights versus the Melbourne Storm. 
That's why we got so caught up deep yeah. in it, mate. We're getting ready into the segment. We're actually just talking about how good Melbourne's um, edge attack is going. And just, yeah, their, their, their ability to not have one and two um, sort of set plays at you, it's, it's about the different variations that they, that they present. Mm. So no matter how, how well you preview their attack um, and, and come up with some sort of solution to you know, some of their set plays, mm. They'll go down the first time into attacking zones, run that set play at you, and if you handle it well, they'll, they'll have a different variation mm. next time. Yeah. And, and it'll, it won't just be one. It'll be two and three different shots that they'll fire mm. just to figure out if, if you're actually on your game. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the uh, I guess, the challenge for opposition teams playing Melbourne, particularly on their edges, is that if you clock off for a second um, – Make a poor decision in defence. Take the wrong person. You know, change your change. You know, the space that you defend in. They'll they'll find it. They'll find that space every time. Yeah. Whether it's um, you know in and around the back rower and the half, whether it's in and around the centre or it's a long pass over the top, which we've seen Pappenhausen uh, give to Xavier Coates on the weekend. Mm. It's it's just phenomenal, and that's why it's so hard to stop that team right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because. All you need is one player to make the wrong call. Yep. And it's try time. It's try time. Yeah. Uh, the New Knights, though, mate, uh, what, what is happening? How, how do you, if you're a captain of that club right now, yep. how do you lift them? They started so well. Mm. Now they're heading into a weekend where they could have started the season six, two and six. Yeah. Six losses in a row. Yeah, well, the first couple of weeks we were thinking, like, how good is this? Newey's one of the teams that have just found some form and yeah. it's going to be a big year, but they've, they've – Fallen back into old habits and just at times just struggled to to be in games, and a lot of that a lot of that talk was around you know the disruption that you know the Ponga contract situation and, mm. and maybe that is being quite distracting for not only him but his teammates and the coaching staff and whatnot. Well, that's been put to bed, and I, I, I you know I thought they were going to come out and play a, a blinder. blinder. Yeah, so did I last weekend after you know the skipper confirming that he's staying on for another five years. It's all been sorted, um, but it didn't. So, yeah, it's just and, – and the question that, that Adam O'Brien, the coach, posed to his team was was about, you know, their goal line defense yeah. and how poor it was. So, you know, and we're, <laughs> and we're just talking about the importance of being on defensively against the Melbourne Storm. I just yeah. – you know, this is this – is, they could not have – after – you know, the, the week that they had, they couldn't have come up against the Storm at a worse time. Mate, it's 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 really tough times for the Newey Knights because the problem is, is you just got your big marquee signing. And so this is the plan you've chose to go forward. But mm. if they take a step backwards this year and don't make finals footy, yeah. where to from, where do they go? Like, do they rebuild? Like, they, yeah. you know, what, I mean? what do they do? Well, they just, well, you just got to keep plugging on because I, I think they've got a pretty good, they've got a pretty good squad there. Got a great roster. They've got a really good roster. Um Good mix of you know some experience, some guys in sort of like the the, the middle period of their mm. career where they've played over a hundred games. They played a little bit of rep football. They're just coming into sort of that peak, which you would think they're coming into their, yeah. their sort of peak sort of years, um, and and some rookies also. Mm. Do they just, need to go on the market? Do you think? Well, you you wouldn't think so. Yeah, you wouldn't think so um, because as we just said, like they they've got a pretty on paper their roster looks. Pretty good, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's just it's it's all fallen in a heap, hasn't it, over the last month? Yeah, it just they they're not the team that they that they were um, in in the opening rounds. How do they find that form? Well, this is this is a good chance as any mm. when you're playing Melbourne Storm. If you cannot get up for the Melbourne Storm, oh, you're mate. not going to get up for anyone. Yeah. So I think that's that's the message that will be being pushed at training this week for for Newcastle is, hey boys, this is this is the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Let's get our heads around that that yeah. Absolutely no chance should they be coming into this game with any complacency at all, oh. or, or thinking that you know, like you know, three quarters of our best will be good enough because yeah. it won't be. No. It will not be. It will not be. They, they, yeah, they, they, they have to come into this game thinking let, let's let's. This is the greatest opportunity we've got to 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 test ourselves against you know one of the best teams in the comp. Yeah, I mean they got two ways to look at it. Uh-oh, the storm are coming. How unfortunate. How unlucky yeah. are we? Damn. Yes. You know, why do we get the storm after they're playing so well? Mm. Or mm. they can look at it. What an opportunity to turn right. our entire season around. Yeah. Because if you can get one win over the storm, that buoys you for the whole year. Yep. Because all you do is point back to that and say, we beat the storm, boys. We've got it in us. We can, we can, yeah, we beat them. We can beat anyone. Absolutely. And so, you know, my advice to the Knights, if they're listening as a team around a, <laughs> around a radio, but, I mean, my, my thoughts on the situation would be start with defence. Don't worry about attack. No. All we want to do, boys, is bash them. Just bash them for 80 minutes. Yep. And then everything else will come after that. Yeah, and, and it's, it's important. That's an, it's, it's a good point you made. It's an important part of rugby league is that you, you need to play committed and you need to be physical defensively. Yeah. Particularly against the really good sides mm. where you, you show your intent early. Yep. It gets you into the game. Absolutely. And, and your attack feeds off your defense. Yeah. Not and the other way around. It, oh, no no way. There's no oh. way you're going to, like, attack your way into a game against the Storm. <laughs> oh. But you can you can shock them. You can shell shock them a bit where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I wasn't expecting wow. this from the Knights. Yeah, yeah yep. like, hey, we've got a game on our hands. So, mm-hmm. look, I hope the Knights do turn it around. I, I think their main goal at the moment would be just all defense. All defense, let's keep them below, you know, 10 points or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I do believe the Storm will be too strong. The one thing the one thing on their side is they're playing at home. Yes. It's yeah. at Newcastle. It's so. such an opportunity. Yeah. It's such an opportunity to repay the fans, to pr- repay each other, repay each other. Yep. Um, now, on to the Dragons versus the Tigers. Uh, Dragons, Tigers. This, mate, well, we'll just, we, just, we spoke about this, didn't we? Um, and I give West Tigers a red hot chance. I like what Red I'm seeing at the Tigers. Red hot. Even yep. though Dragons very impressive um, last week, ends that game against the Roosters. Um, uh, I give West Tigers very good chance of winning this one. Yeah. Um, that they've shown, they've shown us that. <laughs> yeah, so many questions about the coaching staff, and you know, imagine Maguire and he's lost the group and blah blah blah. They've shown us actually when they're out there and they and they play with belief, mm. and they play committed, and more, most importantly, when they play with effort, mm. right, it shows that they're a good football side. Yeah. Which, you know, we, we said that in our shows at the start of this year, was that, you know, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't lack of talent or lack of coaching ability by Michael Maguire that, that was showing in their performances. Mm. It was mainly due to their mindset and, and, and the effort that they were putting in. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, you know, you add one player into the the squad, Jackson Hastings. He mm. came back from a um, three week suspension. He comes in with a bit of energy and a bit of belief 
that spreads through the group, and all of a sudden they've won their last two matches. Yeah. It's not surprising at all. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think a really interesting point, there's two players that were brought to a club this year. It was Chad Townsend and Hastings that are key players as sevens. And what I think the real difference for both teams this year is that Madge and Pay- uh, Todd Payton have their man they're their guys. Yep. So instead of the coach having to say to the players, this is what I want, this is what I need, they've got Hastings and Townsend to yes. drive those standards. Yep. Whereas before, it seemed a bit like the players at the Cowboys were a little bit disconnected from Peyton, mm. and then obviously the players with a bit disconnected from Madge. Whereas now it's not – infiltrate's a bad word, but they're their guys. They Peyton brought um, – brought Townsend to the club specifically. So clearly reason. Townsend mm. is going to be on Peyton's side. Yes. And Hastings is exactly the same as well. And I yeah. think you can see the players getting on board now with yeah. what the message is. Yeah, well it's not it's not it's not so much having like a uh a rat in the in the in the house, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. it's not infiltrating. It's it's more about having someone that that is like um a middleman from coach to team yeah. to continually push the messages about game plan yep. and about strategy mm. and just reminding players on the run throughout those games about, you know, what the plan is yeah. and to stick to the plan. Mm. And if there is a, a plan B, if things aren't going right, well, this, we adjust to that. So I think, you know, it's it's important that, you know, that the role that Chad Townsend is playing up there right now mm. um, and also um, Jackson Hastings, it's it's showing in the last two weeks that he's been back. I think the biggest one, you know, that he'd be pushing, you know, sort of game plan standards and all that type of stuff. And he's certainly relieved a lot of pressure off Luke Brooks. You can see that. You can actually see that he's playing oh, with less pressure and he's, he's enjoying his he's a different footy. player. When he kicked that field goal, it was great to see him, you know, sort of he jumped up in the arms of his teammates, had a big smile on his face. It was great to see. But it's more about the energy that they both play with. Yeah. Particularly Jackson Hastings. He's mm. that type of player that, you know, he's up and about. He's he's upbeat. Um, you know, very um, confident. You know, without being sort of overly confident about, yeah. about you know, their winning chances no matter who they're playing. Yeah. But you need to have that in, in elite sport. Yeah. Particularly rugby league in such a, you know, combative sort of environment. And, and you know, it's it's pretty brutal out there. If, if, you, if you lack self-belief, you almost... You may as well not turn up. Yeah, seriously, because when, when it gets tough, oh, and you start you down well yourself. Uh, the Dragons, where do you? The Dragons, I can't really put my finger on them because I had them as a smoky for my eight, mm-hmm. and then a few weeks went by, and I was like, nah, I think I don't think they're going to do that this year. Yep. But then I watched Sheriff on the weekend. I watched Benny Hunt play well. I watched Molo play really well. Josh Maguire, Moose comes moose. out, plays really well. <laughs> the great Moose. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, maybe there's something there. Where, where have you got the Dragons for you? Um, well, again, there's there's like a group of teams there that are just they've had similar seasons thus far. Where like when they play good footy, very entertaining, quite competitive in the in the competition. Mm. But they but when they play poorly, they're just they're not great to watch. Yeah, and it's just it's really hard going. So you know you throw that in the pool of you know dragons, Broncos. You'd even throw bunnies in there right now for sure. Yeah, uh, manly and roosters as well. Um, and, and it's no surprise when you look at the ladder, they're all they're all in and about, you know, that three wins, four wins. Mm. Um, Cowboys as well. Yeah. Um, you'd probably throw those sort of group of six teams in there in the mm. same basket where, you know, they're just, uh, yeah, they play well one week and play poorly the next. There's no happy medium. Yeah. You know what I mean, Kempi? There's mm. no, like, there's no, 
consistent standard that they play at. Yeah. It's either they play here and they play there and there's a there's a there's a huge gap between their best and worst. Yeah, absolutely. And in this and in elite sport and in this in this competition that you're trying to minimize that gap. Yeah. Um with with your with your performances. So um hard one. Look yeah, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tigers are gonna oh, go three in a row. Wow, wow. Okay. Oh, I think the Dragons just pip them. Uh, but, I mean, I love the fact that Tigers, I love Tigers fans are finally getting something to celebrate, and I love that Brooksy had his moment uh, and enjoyed it. So I hope Brooksy continues his form, and I hope the Tigers keep playing good footy. After the break, we'll get to your texts and your calls. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. What a show. What a show. Uh, it's one of the best we've ever done, if I'm uh, going to be humble about it. But, yes, uh, always Smithy, humble. Mate, always humble. Always humble. Smithy, we've got a plenty of text to get through here. Yep. Uh, here is Pedro from the Roosters. Boys, I know the Chooks haven't been great of late, but they were not far off an unlikely win against a gussy Saints last week. Have mm. faith in Robbo, we trust. Totally agree, mate. Yeah, no, totally that's agree. a fair point. Fair point. Fair and, point. And we spoke about that. There's there's a long, long game. Mm. They're playing the long game, the Roosters. They always talk about that. Just yeah. Let's just see how it pans out, though. But, yeah, certainly got a side to be involved in finals. Absolutely. Hey, guys, I'm really disappointed with the Rabbitohs' ball control and low completion rate this year. Mm. Is that an attitude problem? I think if we hold on to the ball, we can just beat about just about anyone, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, and we addressed that that uh, that issue as well. I think, Kempi, you said that about their ball control. It's just mm. been poor. Um, yeah. in, in the games where they've held on to the footy and the ball of the, those passes, those last-ditch sort of uh, passes when they're about to go over the trial. And when they stick, they're, they're hard to beat, mm. just like any team. But, um, yep, they certainly need to improve that area. Uh, Jeremy, good call. Yeah, morning, boys. Why can't the ref overturn the bunker, i.e., when a try is scored and there's interference, the ref rules a try in normal time as to how he sees it on the field. Mm. When the bunker informs him that they should have a look at it, why can't he say, no, I've seen it, the player <laughs> had no impact on the try? I'd love that to happen. No, mate. No, good, mate. Thanks. No, it's not how i seen it. Sorry. No, I'm sticking with mine. Get away! <laughs> Just pull the pull the yep. earplug out. No, nah, we're done, mate. See ya. No, I think I think the, that's why the bunker is there is yeah. because they've got four hundred thousand camera angles. That's a lie. That's there's not that many. That's three hundred thousand. There's about three hundred thousand. Yeah, um, and they're looking at all these different angles, which clearly the referee doesn't have. Yeah. He's just got the one vision where he's looking, um, and that's why they have a slightly more informed decision that they make. And yeah. so when the bunker rules on that, they, they take their word. And and also, uh, you've got to have a chain of command as well. Otherwise, it would be the Wild West. Uh, so I think the bunker is, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know where you can't yeah, yeah, really yeah. go back and forth. Well, I think it isn't. So, yeah. uh, But it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say, though, that, you know, I, I really do think that we need to work on our consistency with some of these calls over oh, the last few weeks. Geez, you know, people me. not being sent for 10, head yep. highs. Daniel Tupo. Yep. And then the week before, Tedesco, professional foul on Adam Van Blake. Yes, that's right. 10. That's right. It was just a penalty, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yep. then like Sewer, you know, a few weeks ago. Like imagine your Dragons, you're sitting there going. What's doing? Sewer got sent for barely anything. It was like that late shot that yep. was, I think it was point. It wasn't. One, four seconds late. No, it wasn't. Late. Quotation marks. Yeah. So it yeah, was on look, Sean O'Sullivan, was it? Yeah, mate. I mean, look, they've got to they've got to work out this consistency. I think anyone can accept rule changes. Yeah. Anyone can accept. Okay, you know what? This is the new era. Where high, head highs, you're in the bin. Yes. But it just has to be consistent. Particularly, particularly sin binning. Yeah. All right, because that's a that's a dramatic. It's a big decision to make for referees and the bunker to, to put someone in the bin, particularly with 
the way the game is now. Just, yeah. No, I don't like it. Yeah. Get consistency. consistency. Please. Please, please. Now, after the break, we'll wrap up the show and share our final tips. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Smithy, what about the text today? Mate, we had a 1,000 texts. Great texts, actually. So I want to thank everyone for texting in and the callers. We had a heap off the uh, the top of the show. Um, and that is brought to you by TaylorMade. TaylorMade TP5s, the ball that beats the number one ball in golf. If you're looking to improve your golf game, Kempi, I need which some. I know you are. I'm definitely looking get to. Get around TaylorMade, mate. Mate, I uh, I could literally – I'm so bad at golf that it's embarrassing, Smithy. No, it's, it's not. It's embarrassing. We're all we're all novices. <laughs> we're all novices. Now, tips quickly. Broncos, Sharks. Um, I'm going to go the Sharkies. Form line says Sharks. I'm going to stick with Sharks. Titans, Panthers. Uh, Panthers. Rabbitohs, Sea Eagles. Um, difficult one. I, I, I think Rabbits, given there's so many changes with Manly, but, but it'll be a good game. Warriors, Raiders. Um, I'm gonna say, oh jeez, I'm gonna say the, I'm gonna say the Raiders. Did I say that during the show? I think you said Warriors. <laughs> I don't know. This is how much I don't know. Look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Raiders. So I'm sticking with me gut. Okay, okay. Doggies, Roosters. Um, Roosters, I think will bounce back with a victory. Eels, Cowboys. I'm gonna think Cowboys are in with a real good shot in Darwin, but I'm gonna say Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Night Storm. Storm. Dragons, Tigers. West Tigers, three in a row. Oh, let's go. Another episode done and dusted. Thank you, Smithy. Great as always. See you next week. And we'll see you next week.